This is HPR episode 1678 entitled New Year Show Part 5 of 8. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 137 minutes long. The summary is New Year Show Part 5 of 8030-300 UTC. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. I don't know if they were. I wasn't here. I showed up late. Have Core Nominal and Boba Fett been in at any point? I've not been here that long, so I don't know. I've I've not seen. I, I was in for half an hour earlier on, a few hours ago, and I disappeared and um, got inebriated, uh, and then I've come back and I've not seen them since. I've not seen them uh, this year, so okay. it would have been nice to hear from those guys. Are you still inebriated? I'm going to plead the fifth or the fourth, or I'm going to pick a number and plead that. Plead the fifth, so five shots. Like. Fifth or fifth of whiskey? <laughs> He'll uh, plead the fourth while drinking a fifth. There you go. That works. At this point, I've no idea, but that works. I say that we I... have Thistleweb read the original Scottish lyrics. I can't talk now. The the uh, internet you, you, drunkenness you, you, is, is spreading, and I haven't even drank you, anything. You you, can, you can't even say it, and you've not been drinking. How do you think I feel? <laughs> We're going to go for a challenge tonight, Thistleweb. You have Actually, to read the original Scottish lyrics of Auld Lang Syne. No, no, Thistleweb, do the physical challenge. It's way easier. There might be some green slime or a Temple of Doom, but it's way easier. <laughs> really, I just want to hear Thistleweb say, Willy walked. <laughs> Diddly. Um, no, I was actually thinking there's a much more apt quote from the Knack McFeagles around drink. Um, and I'll actually, I'll, I'll see if I can find it, because I, I picked this out and I thought it was absolutely brilliant about booze. Bear in mind, it might take a while. Uh, my fingers are not quite as um, accurate as they should be. It works perfect for me. I've already got a beer in mind. Actually, I wonder how many people know this. Most people do know that Old Lang Syne was originally only a poem, right? Yeah, as far as I know, yeah, it was a poem. Yeah. I just I I wonder how many people are mumbling along to it when they're wrecked realise that. I'll take a head count next time. <laughs> oh, and and I didn't mean to leave Thistleweb out when I was talking about all my uh, fav- favorite people in the channel. I don't think I've ta- we were talking earlier or at the same time, but I don't know if uh, we've talked to much since uh, 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 uh a uh, year ago and a- a- as far as getting raunchy frankly i encourage it and, and, and unless it's the time when ken fallon comes on with his kids and stuff has he done that already no he hasn't you didn't mean to leave him out when you talked about your favorite people you meant to leave me out didn't you i mentioned you <laughs> I, I i wasn't here i'm sorry i'm only i'm only kidding man you don't have to get defensive i don't like none of y'all i don't like none of y'all 
No, 50, it's all right. I'm just being a turd. No problem. But, uh, no, you know, traditionally, because people do come on here snockered, and maybe we haven't had as much of that this year, you know, we, we always flag uh, the entire uh, uh, New Year's show is not safe for work. So if you, if you, if you feel the urge, you know, go ahead and, and, and say something naughty. But then again, you know, uh, this might be, this might be the first time we've ever got through the entire show, uh, without being, uh, terribly raunchy. Usually it's my fault. Oh, and if someone, if, if, if someone wants to measure a, uh, a uh, drink to swear words ratio. I I can point you to a couple KPOs. I remember a show that cannot be mentioned that was even better than most KPOs. <laughs> <laughs> right, I cannot find this one quote, so I'm going to have to paraphrase, and I'm I'm going to do it, and I'm going to butcher it. I'm really I really am. It's something along the lines of the Knack McFeagles. It's a Discworld quote. The Knack McFeagles are a little uh, little blue men. Um, almost like Smurfs, but um, very vicious, very hard drinkers, basically based on a Scottish clan, um, really heavy drinkers, a one-man army, one feagle army, and that they get drunk all the time, and they fight all the time. And at one point they're caught, um, caught drinking, and um, the excuse was, I feel you can, when you've had enough, when you've had some of the booze, that's when you think you want some more of the booze. And then when you have some more of the booze, that's when you realise you've had too much of the booze. And by the time you've had too much of the booze, that's when you're fondant. <laughs> Something like that. That's when you're what? That's when you, it's when you realise you've had too much of the booze, and that's when you realise you're, you're falling down. You're falling oh, down. right, okay, falling down, all right. Yeah, it's, it's basically drinking too much without realising it, <laughs> and then by the time you do realise it, you're already steaming drunk. Oh, uh, we've all been there. Oh, yes, we have. And it, it uh, by the way, 5150, it's funny that you mentioned seeing so many favourite people, so many of your favorite people on the channel because as I look down the list of names, there's the little the hearts, you know, that, that people get when you make them your friend on uh on Mumble. It's just it's full of hearts all down my screen. Sounds Aww. like I've joined a love in here. You betcha. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say where, where are the hearts? I don't see any of them. All I see is people are uh, people with C's next to their names. You no bastard. See, that, was the me. The that was the me. I, I want, the I want Scottish, that noted. That the was Germans the Germans and the Russians ever got together and formed the next superpower, the world would be hosed if they could ever get out of the pubs. <laughs> they should have like one of those drinking contests like they did in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, dude, dude, we don't want that. The Germans drink beer. Uh, have you seen the size of the pints? The big effing pints. The ge- oh no, I'm saying that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's alcohol poisoning. Have you seen the size of their pint glasses? Isn't that a metric pints? pint? Those giant things they have. Uh, I think there's something like three liters or something like that. I think it's a huge thing, huge big thing. Oh no, that's no. <laughs> they know they know their drink. The Irish call that a shot glass. So how long's this been going on for then? Oh, we're, we're in our drinking. fourth year. No, I mean uh, this particular one, though. Oh yeah, we, we've been talking for yeah, years. Talk- <laughs> uh, since ten uh, ten a.m. Zulu. So you can hear fireworks, my end probably. I don't think that's fireworks. I thought that as soon as the word Zulu was mentioned, I thought that was like <laughs> Zulu's attacking. <laughs> all, all, all I could think of was Michael Caine trying to shore, shore up the, the the boundaries and barricade the windows. Those are cool fireworks. They sound like someone's banging on a 55-gallon steel drum. <laughs> That's, I was That's exactly what I thought. Well, that's, lit- 
That's living in London for you. Thirty-nine minutes in, and they're still going off. That's the oh midges. man! That, that's the midges looking for an escape route. Super midges, <laughs> super-powered midges looking for an escape route from the oil can. I used to live across the street from a trailer park, and the fireworks would go off every Friday after the Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty much non-stop here since they went on sale for um, uh, November the fifth. So that so sort of late October. Until now, it's been more or less constant. I'm actually kind of surprised you guys have fireworks. I didn't think gunpowder was allowed in your whole country. <laughs> no, it's very strictly controlled. Well, not really. You have to buy it from certain licensed vendors. But um, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to start opening them up and um, putting them into tubes of metal and stuff. But if you use them as directed, it's perfectly legal. It's, 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 everyone does. It's always... It's always amusing to me how strictly controlled fireworks are, and you go and buy them from a store with, like, confetti streamers and explosions on their sign. What well, store? And some of the shadiest people you will ever meet in your life. Oh, yeah, these are just carnies who, who think they've stepped up. Oh, really? It's proper licensed, well, mostly supermarkets and stuff where you buy them now in this country. I'm back. And he has finally showed up after hours of saying... People saying he was going to be here, not Claw 2, has shown up. Oh, my dear lord. Yes. Oh, God, not another Kiwi. Really? Who? Are you there, Claw 2? We're all waiting for you. Well, we've had one Kiwi all night, but now the good Kiwi has shown up. Yeah, I'm the bad one. Oh. I was listening a few days ago. I, um, I don't know if I came into the room. Yeah, I think I came into the mumble room to see if it had started yet. And I heard um, what must have been a stream of last year's recording. There was a Kiwi talking there. I'm not sure who that was. Probably me. Uh-huh. Talking about um, Majea, I think. It probably was me. I was quite into Majea, baby. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It could have been a chat we had or something last year. I think it was a Kiwi and an Englishman. So that would make sense. Yeah, it, would yeah. Been, it would have been me then. And oh, probably okay. Marcus, who's on the thing now. So, so this has all been recorded then, is it? Aye. Yeah. I see. To be released in, is it six hour chunks or something? Oh, we'll figure it out when we oh, get it works out. I think the way is it, it works out, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid Ken's, Ken's going to get stuck with it again, but uh, he, he's reserved eight slots, so that works out like two four-hour slots and the rest of them three. So I think it's, it's just safe to assume that the HBRG year special is going to be all of it's been recorded and then all of it's going to be divvied out in various chunks um, of roughly related conversation um, episodes. So anything you say on, on here tonight will be preserved for, for the posterior or for posterior. <laughs> I say, and our, is the rule to keep it safe for work? Do we not effing blind? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, we've just been commenting on how Thistleweb has managed a record of not doing that so far. Basically, well, come on, it's... come on, come on. I, I wouldn't exactly say record. That, that's 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 inflating it beyond its importance. I'm just saying I, I've, I've managed did not you, to swear. Did you listen to the segments you were in on last year's show? I don't remember the segments I was in last year's show. <laughs> I not listen to them. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, tonight I've, yep. I'm, I've been super conscious of the fact that it's a not safe for work thing and I'm really trying not to swear. The way I like to think of it is that it's all going to be, I mean, it's all going out live streamed anyway, but it's also all going to go out as a podcast. So don't say anything you wouldn't like the world to hear you saying as yourself. I remember talking about sharks last year. 
to do with Australia or something. I, I don't know. That's, that's just about it. Sharts. That must have been when I stepped out of the room. Thank God I missed that. <laughs> hey, everybody. Yeah. That, that, there was some good so, content oh, yeah, last year. Yeah, I do. Glad to. Hey, how's it going? So I hear some of you guys are still not in the new year. I am not. Yeah, slow. Very slow. New Zealand's just ahead of everyone. You live in the future, man. How is I know. 2015, well, it's very buddy? progressive here. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it, we have flying cars and hoverboards, so just wait. Oh, man. Are, what about the girl in the white outfit? Angton.com. Stuff st- st- that. What we really want to know is, is it raining? I mean, it's not <laughs> no, no, it's not. So apparently all of Florida is dry and it's only raining on my house right now. That's not rain. That's an invisible giant having a pee. We're about to you. <laughs> Who about so you not? I can't even say your name and call you not. Who about so you not? Oh, I'm in. I'm in New Zealand, Wellington, New Zealand. Well, I'm in New Plymouth. Oh, okay, cool. I think I drove sort of past that yesterday. Um, I was uh, coming down on, from Waitomo. We're on the side, so everyone just drive past us. So, but <coughs> two, were you the one that rescued the man and woman that got locked in the keyless car? Yeah, that was me. Actually, I I I, I went up there uh, to them and and helped them out. I heard about that. That was really now, absurd. Is it true it was Peter sixty four and his wife? That was I was shocked when I found it out, but yeah, it was it was them. I don't know if they want me saying that or not. Did you drive from Wellington to Waitomo? That's not a four hour drive. No, it's just a six or a five hour forty five minute drive. And yeah, we, hmm. we drove up and toured the caves and went on bush walks. It was a lot of fun actually. It was worth it. Hey Clatu, do you drive fast? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, the, the roads here are insanely curvaceous. You you really can't drive fast. Plus, the signage in New Zealand is bizarre. They'll go from like fifty k an hour to like a yeah, hundred k an hour. That's true. So there's lots of passing lanes now. It used to be a lot worse, but you get to places reasonably quickly now. See, the one thing I always heard about New Zealand was that the um. The tarmac or macadam or however you say it, whatever nationality you're in, um, is made out of the indigenous volcanic rocks. So it's incredibly grippy, and it's a place that if you're a motorcycle rider and you happen to visit, you you have to rent a motorcycle because it's so grippy you can just fly through the roads. But that it it grinds your tires down in about half the the time that it does in the <laughs> states. And road rash is twice as abrasive. Yeah, but you don't fall. The road's so much grippier, you, you're not gonna slide. Oh, okay. Well, unless you go outside and just roll around. Yeah, in the that's road. what you—that's what you think. Uh, we oh, have a see, I thought because it was New Zealand, everyone just walked everywhere. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Too much. Since I got married, I haven't been anywhere. I tell you what, I just hop in a car and she just drives me. <laughs> All right, she. The reason why people walk everywhere in New Zealand is they're just caught up in Lord of the Rings. They want the Hobbit experience. Yeah, they're on a quest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's exactly. a lot of flutes in the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. And someone they want, they want, caught they want, the joke. They, they want to want to walk to Mordor and back. I still think McDonald's. I still think that's actually quite funny. Has anyone heard about that? About the running time of the Hobbit movies? That you can read the book faster than you can watch yeah. the movie. You the with the total running time of the cinematic releases, the Hobbit movies take eight and a half hours to watch. You can actually read the original book in five and a half hours. <laughs> what about, what about listening to the audio book? I blame uh, Flat 2 and it's all his fault. I cannot comment anything related to Hobbit. You can't comment at all? Not at all. Oh, that sucks. Is it going to be good? It's almost like I can't ma- comment. You, you, you can imagine. Did you ruin it? it. <laughs> you, you, can, you, can, 
you can imagine it being like a, a, a Kiwi, um, you know, t tourist advisory thing, orc hunting parties. Yeah. Thistleweb, did you so. not? Did you not see uh, the the New Zealand Airlines safety video? Yeah, yeah, that uh, was pretty uh, funny. That was uh, stunning. So, I've not, so, but that sounds, uh, that sounds quite fun. Seriously, I will find the link. You went and watched the movie. You could not comment about it at all. Period. Well, we had a we had a crew screening, but yeah, I cannot comment on the movie itself. Well, can you comment on your job? Uh, probably not. But it's it's a great job, and I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm using yeah. Linux all day long. Are you doing? Did any... you have a starring role in the movie? Are you doing <laughs> any of the artwork, or are you just running? Ser I shouldn't say just. Are you running servers? Are you doing art? What can help us out here for those of us not up to speed? It's Python and Linux all day, so it's it's a bunch of it's it's the digital side of things. So yeah, I'm not I'm not like manipulating models and stuff. Really, they do Linux in New Zealand. I had no idea. By the way, I'm on the <laughs> if um, you want my number, just give me a yell. Wait, wait a second. So you're urban camping on the set of the hobby? <laughs> <laughs> I have he photos has... to prove that. Oh, cool. dude. Yeah, we gotta say that. That's cool. What's smog really like? I have photos of that as well. <laughs> Oh my god, I have to see this, oh man, are, are you staying there, or are you, is this, uh, you coming back to the States ever? Oh no, he just drives back and forth from Pennsylvania. <laughs> hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, he drives back and forth from Pennsylvania to New Zealand? What yeah, kind of car is this? That's the underwater driven car, that's the underwater driven car that Peter Jackson leans in, probably. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing, I... Why did not? Why did everyone not know five minutes after he announced he was going to New Zealand for work who Klaatu would be working for? A Hobbit. What I don't I understand guess, is what I don't that, understand. that movie wrapped like a year ago, didn't it? Why are you still there? Post production, dude, takes longer than you think. But it's out well, now. They also do. Peter Jackson's got this whole thing from Lord of the Rings where he does. He puts the cinema version out. And then six months later, he's still working on the extended cut. Also, he's following that same pattern for The Hobbit as well. Yeah, also, that company does a lot of work besides just The Hobbit films. He's working on a um, series at the moment, I think, a sci-fi series. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah Weta Digital was set up for The Hobbit, but it's almost like a, an ILM. They do lots and lots of other stuff as well. I can, can I make a shocking comment? I can just see it on the uh, set of The Hobbit. Okay, someone wake Cloud 2 up. We've got a scene to shoot. I think I'm the only Kiwi who's never done anything in The Hobbit. I don't know. Cloud 2, I got a question. Are you are you going to appear anywhere in the credits? And uh, is the nature of the job when the movie's over, so are you? And you, you come back, or is there more projects? Uh, I guess a lot of people do get hired on a project basis, but I'm not. I, I'm just hired... By the company itself, so I span a bunch of different projects. And yeah, I think my name is in the credits somewhere in the Hobbits, in the Hobbit, the third one, the one that just came out. That's oh, awesome. that's awesome. I was gonna say that's I'm the only reason I'm gonna watch it. I'm, I'm guessing stand up and cheer in the theater when your name comes up. I swear to God. I'm guessing and make sure you take Clutter, a selfie doing it. I'm guessing Clutter, you're working on project infrastructure, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm actually five foot six, so um, if if you know Peter ever wants uh, another another Hobbit, I'm I'm near. Oh my god, food. I'm taller than somebody. It's a new laptop. <laughs> the new laptop would do. I'm not fussy about the pay. Is that with or without the hair? I can. I've got hair, but um, I don't care. It's without the hair, but it's with the helmet. <laughs> yeah, when Rich made that. 
rather <laughs> cutting comment about whether Claw Two was in the in in the movie. I said it's not like he's peg wall. Oh, hey Claw Two, is your ass getting chapped yet? From everyone kissing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 3:30. Well, I've got something to say to that, and that is that I have never seen a single Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movie or read the books because I have absolutely no interest. Buy the box sets, lose a week of your life. <laughs> no, I tried to watch the first one. I, I downloaded the first one, started watching it, and um, I just wished I'd never bought it. It was just terrible. I watched about 10 minutes, and I said, no, I've had enough of this. So uh, just deleted it. As a it. fat person? As a fat person, I can't stand to watch people walk that much. <laughs> the first, You know what? The first five sucked, but they had some new hires for the last one, and it got way better. <laughs> <laughs> Guessing that chest right now. I could never get through the books because you know, two hundred pages into uh, the first Lord Lord of the Rings, uh, the Fellowship, they were still standing around in Frodo's driveway. You know, actually, that's one of the things that got me into computers was the the um, back when I was sort of eight nine at school. We had BB, a bunch of BBC micros at school, and we had the the Hobbit text adventure game on them. Yeah. I played that. I, I remember that. that. School. That was a classic. I can never get anywhere in it. I just got. I think I walked down a road. That was about it. I got as far as Smog, and I always died. Oh wow! That you got far. I could never get. Yeah, there was like a river in it. I think that I could never get past. Spoiler alert! But Smog's at Sorry. the end. Well, not. That's... Yeah, I guess in the book he is, huh? That's like oh. that. Did you? I got a LinkedIn profile. Not. Not. I should um, post my link profile. <laughs> yeah. I love how everyone kept bitching at Martin Freeman about giving away spoilers, and it's like, well, the books have been out about 70 years. Yeah, I always kind of felt that spoiler alerts for, for the movies were very odd, and like people getting upset about it. It's just that it shouldn't count if the book exists. No, it really especially doesn't. For, if, if especially for more than half a century. Well, okay, there's plenty well, of books that have been out for more than half a century that I haven't read, but The Lord of the Rings is really, really good. You don't have any excuse for not reading those books. Well, yeah. That's As an American, I agree. Rethinking Lord of the Rings is if it's really good. I think it actually may have been a detriment to um, sci-fi and fantasy. How so? Here comes a frog stomp. <laughs> um, in the end, it's a nice, safe world always. And at the end, when you've gone out and you've had this big, massive adventure, you can just go home and act like nothing's changed. Yeah, but if Operative word, world. Um, have you read the Silmarillion? Yeah, I was going to ask Knocklaw too. Any plans on uh, Silmarillion movies? Not going to happen. Would you let him not comment? No, have you read the I'm Silmarillion? I'm not commenting. Thank the you. <laughs> you could, no, you couldn't do the Silmarillion as a film. It's it's a written history of the world that Tolkien created. It couldn't be done as a, as a single or even a series of films. That's what they said about the Bible, they... but Charlton Heston gave it a shot. Well, that's about what they what? said about The Watchmen. About no, The Watchmen was doable. It was just ba- done badly. Yeah, I agree with that. I should agree with that one. Green Lantern? Uh, you know I don't like that either. The, what? That was, that was oh, just that was a victim Lansman. of awful casting. Sorry, casting. I screwed that up. You know sorry, that, that Lord of the Rings, um, I've, just, I've just sat and watched, sorry, I tuned out, I watched that um, safety thing, Lord of the Rings thing, that was brilliant. Um, but one of the books that I think would make a brilliant brilliant t- uh, TV show or movie series or whatever, if it was done properly, and only if it was done properly, is The Dark Tower by Stephen King. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I actually I think I read one of the books. I can't remember which one, though. 
Yeah, but they, aren't they making it, that into a TV series? I've it's, so many rooms. Oh god, yeah. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those things that sat in production hell. The rights have have been in in negotiation for a long, long time. Yeah, that tower is one of those that truly means the word epic. Just the scope, the, the scope and the scale of the Dark Tower is unbelievable. Yeah, oh, yeah. Line. Though no, I, no. I personally still think uh, Stephen King jumped the shark in the last book, and in the last book, at least I am one of the only people I know who, when Stephen King says in the book, stop here if this was your intent to reach this point when I started this, I stopped. I did not go past that la- into that last section. Yeah, the end. You should have. The, the ending was um, very contentious. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I understand that. Um, but yeah, the Dark the Tower, it's one of those things. Stephen King is one of these authors where not all of his stuff is brilliant. Um, but there's a few a few Stephen King stories that everyone should read. And the Dark Tower series is one of them. And for my money, Hearts and Atlantis is another. How how long is the Dark Tower series? I mean, I I've been looking for seven good Stephen books. King and have yet yeah, to find se- it. Seven, but se- seven books. That's yeah, a it's, big it's seven though. books that are like five hundred pages minimum each. They're quite hard read too. I, I, I just remember reading the first one. But I did get into it. I, I, was at, I was at school when I read the first one. Do they or make the an first, audio book? The, 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 oh yeah, yes, there yeah. is an audio book, and the guy who voices it is excellent. And quite honestly, you could read the first two, maybe three books, and be fairly content with the series. Um, I despise the fact that in the seventh book that Harry Potter got dragged into the series. Wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah, that's not my, my not my recollection. Um, no, I don't remember that. The thing, the thing um, that there are private fanfic. <laughs> there, there are references to the golden snitches at least at the end of the. Uh, oh yeah, the last book. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the thing is, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now that you mention it, there is mentions of that. But then again, it brings in a lot of culture from other worlds. I mean, right in the very first book, you've got the tune that's playing in the in the, the, the in the. I was going to say the cantina. Um, the tavern, Hey Jude. The, ta- the tavern, yeah, exactly. It's Hey Jude, which in our world is done by the Beatles in 1969 or whatever. Um, but in this other world, it's written by someone else, and because it's other worlds than these. Um, so yeah, I mean, of course, there's all these things that are pulled in from modern culture, and one of those big things in modern culture is Harry Potter. So absolutely, I don't have any problems with that. But you're right, the, the snitch is brought into. Who can tell me what the yeah, single this web single. When Thistleweb mentioned the cantina, I thought he was going to say the tune was playing do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, from Star Wars. That's enough copyright infringement. <laughs> hey, Pokey. Oh, it was bad it enough, right, it'll so pass. It, it doesn't count. Say it again. <clears throat> he didn't quite get it right, so it doesn't count. Oh, I, I was making, oh, a, bad, well, I was I was making what, a bad joke. In my head, it was right, <laughs> but coming out of my mouth, it wasn't. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
like things being in there. I mean, the Dark Tower is what holds all these worlds together, and in certain places it bleeds together, especially there. But there are places like the Thinnies where it it continues to just bleed through because it's like the fabric of reality is just weakening. Yeah, that that's so. Everybody that's been talking about this, how's it in? How how is it not having sex? How is it what? Not having sex because you're all giant dorks. <laughs> no, that I said I've never seen any of this stuff. <clears throat> you're lumped in with us now, Joe. Ah <laughs> oh, man, it's well, uh, of us. It's well, not fun us. at first, but you start to get used to it, and you pretend that it's okay. <laughs> And, and every once in a while, some big jerk points out to you that you're not having sex, and it, it kind of hurts some more. Well, all I can say is it takes one to know one. Um, my next uh, big reading project's probably going to be some books on Kim Baku, so... Was he in Star Wars? No. Doesn't he run North Korea? No, he runs a, a, a file-sharing site. Lodi, you're going to have to explain it to him. Uh, basically Japanese uh, rope art to make it friendly. Yes. To make it not friendly, BDSM. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Well, it would be more accurate to say just rope bondage. And there's a lot of history into it where you can actually trace back to some of it goes all the way back to the feudal era and how complicated a tie was, was associated with how important a person was. Great, you guys, now we just lost England. <laughs> oh. Wait, I don't get it. Our porn laws got tightened up for no apparent reason recently and basically excluded just about anything fun. Like neckties? Like anything. Like squirting, face-sitting, if I'm allowed to say that sort of thing. Yes, you are. Anything like that. Only say it, but in a sexier voice. Yeah, basically, basically, Joe, you're encouraged to say anything that might make you blush. We also have to say Happy we New Year. Say- we just crossed the uh, the international Happy New Year line. Mm, no, that was an hour ago. Obviously, we control all time in the world, I'm afraid. Yeah, we did it then, too. But uh, Happy New Year's, uh, Cape Verde, some regions of Greenland, and one more. Well, that was really lazy. Uh, well, Happy we're four, New Year. four minutes late anyway, but Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah, Happy New Year, yeah, yeah. Happy New Year, people who don't matter. Joe, whereabouts? England, where are you from, anyway? London, baby. The big smoke. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more south, but yeah, not too far. I say, what, South Coast? Say, well, not not Cornwall, anywhere <laughs> like that, that's too south. <laughs> but, um, a bit further down, yeah. That's Which it. county, man? From London. About two hours which, away from London, I say. Which, which county, man? Uh, I'll keep the top secret because uh, no, nah, doesn't matter. Actually, you're from England as well, aren't you? Yeah, man. Or maybe not. Whereabouts are you? I'm down in Kent. No, Kent's keep, not. Keep it, keep Kent's it not secret. really around here. Keep it secret, GHCQ. You're listening. I'm interested. <laughs> the only thing I know about the Britain at all is fucking southern fairies. Oh, good job! You done ruined the record of not cursing. Well, yeah. see, this is this is where it gets ridiculous. I I grew up north where they used to say that, and it never sounded like that. And people only said that when they'd 
grown up up north and decided to go south for work. <laughs> yep. Yeah, see, all these guys are southern. Um, so I don't know what. All right, but... man. <laughs> I didn't so know it was a real saying. And, I only saw it in a and, movie. Look, just and, uh, just because for you, Iron Brew isn't an import. Yeah, and and fairness, everything in England is, is southern from me. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm quite <laughs> everything from most of this island is south for you. man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, I got a New Zealand question for Klaatu since he wasn't born there. He he might have a different perspective than the locals. You still there, Klaatu? Yep, I'm here. How are the sheep? And <laughs> and in, 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 in what context? I mean, you talk about eating or um, other forms of ask, entertainment. Ask a Welsh immigrant. I was gonna let the the guy I asked pick the context he most <laughs> desired to answer about. <laughs> there there. The wool that people shore, that shear from them is very warm when integrated into clothing. Excellent, excellent. excellent. See, here you are, Pokey, trying to... trying to. We, we just raised back up out of the gutter, and here you are trying to drag us again. But no, I, I do have no, a... It, it, sorry, we were, sorry, we wear wool suits. I, I, I know how much he, he enjoys that. He, when I, I saw I'm him sorry, at Elf, he was in a three-piece. I, I was thought going this to entire say, show was in the gutter. I was going to say that sheep are very warm, but I thought that might be a little bit too open of an answer, so I, I decided to be very specific. <laughs> well done, too. I think I just came I in I... on the wrong part of this conversation. <laughs> yes, there's no right probably. part. There's a, yeah, there's no right way to, to enter this. Yeah, you didn't come up the yeah, right Shall we drag it out of the try... then, and make it a little bit uh, meta, maybe? And um, so, so presumably you guys listen to HPR, but apart from that, what other podcasts do you guys like? Um, Not Linux Luddites, obviously. Yes. All right. I'm famous in here. Yes. <laughs> oh, by the way, Joe, um, I do feel that I should apologize for something because the other person won't. A while back, um, a cast member of the Linux Link Tech Show decided to send you guys a link telling you to vote for them as the most interesting developer in the world. And I, I pray that you didn't actually do that. <laughs> well, no, I just got like these. I got one email, then another one saying, hey, ignore it. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And just kind this, of replied, I have no idea what's happening right now. And then this cast member has an interesting history with aircraft. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> one that sent you the email saying, don't do it. Oh, okay. And firearms. Fair enough. And but I'm anyways, the one that went you way back uh, and recommended your, your podcast as a, a good Linux podcast. Aha, uh -huh. excellent. Well, the, I didn't ask for that reason. I asked for the very reason that I have got nothing to listen to right now. My podcast queue is empty. I'm going back listening to old Hollywood Babylons. Um, and like, uh, everything seems to be that around this time of year, most people stop producing content. And around this yeah. time of year is the time that I consume the most content because my girlfriend's been away for two weeks, just got back. Well, May I also recommend? I would recommend one called uh, GNU World Order. Yep. I've heard I, of that, but never checked it out. Well, and there's always oh the gosh, stop producing, awesome. well, well, yeah, the stop producing just... content thing about that one, too. Yeah, I mean, this, it's, it's some guy with a weird name makes that show, but he's got some interesting stuff he talks about. I Is it regular, next... then? I think I heard Fistle his Web next recommend... season's going to be a video cast. I think... <laughs> oh, <laughs> screw you. Yes. I think Fistle Web will recommend his own podcast. Quirins, I would recommend that one as well. There's well, well, tech bites doesn't really happen anymore, I think. And I'm meaning to listen to the Next Voice podcast actually since I've been in the magazine. <laughs> I've uh, met the guys from 
the next voice magazine, and I'm thinking, yeah, I should actually listen to the podcast probably as well. But what, did you so, meet them at um, Odd Camp then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I met, met them there as well. At uh, Lug as well, before that. Okay. Well, right, my, cool. my, my comment was about to begin at the risk of, of avoiding self-promotion, because I really don't want to do that. I just released the latest Trivens tonight, or this afternoon. Um, it was recorded two weeks ago, to be fair, but it just so happens to be uh, scheduled for release on the 31st, so I did. What's um, it called? It's called Crivens. Uh, it's yep. unseenstudio.co.uk. Post the link, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, post the link. I'll hold on a second. Yeah, that's um, webs, and there's also... Yeah. Well, if it's still going, there's also Tux Jam by his co-host, which is also a good one. Okay. Can I uh, recommend one that's entirely not uh, technical at all? By all means, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, the Crab Feast, if you haven't heard that one, is excellent. It's a couple of professional comedians who interview other professional comedians, and they just tell funny stories. And whatever story one of them tells reminds somebody else of another funny story. And these are professional funny storytellers, and it is hilarious. That sounds yeah. very much like the Doug Stanhope podcast. I don't know if you've heard of a comedian called Doug Stanhope, American. He's been on the crowd like that one. Oh, he's been on it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for me, sorry. two more uh, two more uh, comedy podcasts I'd recommend is Keith and the Girl and um, Distorted View podcast. Oh God, yes. For me, I think part of the reason why I'm not an IRC, I'm not on Mumble, I'm not. I've kind of zoned out of a lot of techie stuff over the last year is because I kind of realised that I was building up such a queue, I was subscribed to so many podcasts that I didn't get time to do anything. I was getting less and less interested in technical stuff, Linuxy stuff, techie stuff, that you know that kind of thing. And I was getting more and more interested in writing. And I just found that I, the, I cannot, when I write, I need to write in silence. Um, I cannot write with music on. I cannot write with any podcasts on. I need to concentrate fully on that. Yeah. And I, I, and I found that the best way to do that is like, what do you want to do more? And I decided I'm going to, I mean, as much as I like a lot of these, a lot of these podcasts, unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. And I got rid of a lot of them. And the only technical podcasts that I listen to now are Tech Snap with uh, the Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's pretty good, yeah. And Linux Action Show, although, um, <laughs> Although, uh, what's his face? The, the Peter Matt. Tom, Matt drives me nuts. Um, I, yeah, I stopped uh, listening to last when um, Lundrick was still on it. So I don't both know. of them drove me nuts. Well, actually, I mean, well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I think I'm I'm close to unsubscribing from last, but TechSnap is brilliant. TechSnap. Well, is Alan really, Jude is really an absolute genius. I mean, he really he knows is, his stuff. He totally is, and he's the kind of guy that all of the things that I don't like about Linux Action Show, the the, the soundboard and the, yeah. the the salesman gimmick, Alec, Alan has none of that. He exactly, he's none just of that. yeah. He just, I mean, he, he just sort of says, it's, "I'm on. If I'm on this show, you're not going to do any of that." And if so, yeah. He, even Chris, when he occasionally ha- accidentally hits the soundboard, he's apologising and saying, "I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So the, yeah, the only thing I'd say. The only thing I would say about Alan Jude is like he could lighten up a little bit and have a bit more fun. It's it seems to be like the the information that he puts across is absolutely brilliant and he's really confident speaker and everything. But he could do with being a little bit funnier here and there just to break it up a little bit. And Chris tries, but it's I think it's a bit. I mean, I haven't listened to it for a while to be fair, so maybe they've got better with it. But um, I think you need to inject a little bit of humour because it is entertainment at the end of the day. 
Well, I've I think got... the other thing you have to remember about Alan Jude is he is, you know, an ex-college professor. So I think that is a lot of dictates how he does that show. He's almost hitting that, you know, professor mode when he's yeah. in front of a crowd teaching. Yeah, and yeah. The, he, another it, it's site very... to hit for podcast is podnuts.com. Podnuts. Podnuts. Never heard of them. Yeah, they do. With an S or a Z. With a Z. Actually, has Door to Door Geek been on? I hadn't seen. Uh, I don't think we're his crowd anymore. Ooh, what'd you do to him? Ooh, what'd you do? No, no, th- uh, <laughs> this is his anniversary. He's never been on for that reason. Oh, that's right. That's that's right. Why we didn't tell me about it? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and toss out there Dev Random, which is kind of one I enjoy hanging out with. Don't we don't talk that about one's that one in existence anymore. Is that it? one's awful. We keep trying Thank to bring you. it back, Thank but nobody's at, nobody's put together at the right time. I don't know if you, you guys mean realize. You keep trying to kill it. <laughs> but three thirty and Pegwall are in the same room together. Of course, it's a virtual room. But which are you talking about? Well, here? I guess. Uh-oh. Well, you, you, you should be Dev Random. All right. You're not supposed to Rich, name it. Supposed to... Rich, you ought to try being in in an actual room with the two of them. Yeah, it gets interesting. Yeah. I, no, I, that's just sticky. too disturbing a thought. Uh, I'll pass on it. Although, what hey, you going uh, I want to say hi to Handsome Pirate and uh, hi to Lord D, because I haven't talked to you guys in a while. Ahoy, Flying Hey, b- before we get off topic, I was trying to get a list of the was podcasts that were mentioned. Uh, I got GNU World Order, Crivens, Touch Jam, Crab Feast, Keith and the Girl, Distorted View, Tech Snap. Uh, what did I miss? Last Linux Action Show. No, I'm not putting that on there. Somebody else can. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the entirety of Tell Em Steve Dave. There's absolutely, was oh, absolutely loads. There's absolutely loads of them, and I was thinking there was that one that John O'Bacon started, the now former manager of Yeah, that's it, yeah, Bad Voltage. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. another one. I haven't heard it yet myself, but yeah, yeah there's them. Obviously, my two obviously, Lin- Linux Luddites and Mintcast. Can I recommend a couple that aren't tech related? I don't know, can you? <laughs> well, I could, but, you know, if, if anyone's interested. Things like Smodcast and, and uh, Tell Em Steve Dave have already been mentioned, and they're far from tech-related, so I'm guessing the bar's already been set, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, anything. Okay, okay. Sorry, well, folks, there are... it's supper time, so I'll, I'll be back in a few. A few uh, what? <laughs> Good old After a few shots. Hours, maybe? Shakes of a lamb's tail? I don't know. Now, I, 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 oh, we're are... back on the sheep again, I'll tell you. You, you uh... guys are obsessed. What's with the sheep? No, <laughs> that's a new Claude who's been hanging out with sheep. No, but the, there are a couple of podcasts I would recommend that aren't tech-related, but are quite fun and can be informative. One is called No, One is called no Such Thing as a Fish. Oh yeah, the QI people. Yeah, yeah, and it's by it's by the guys who call themselves the QI elves. They're the fact researchers that do that find all of the facts that are pre- usually presented in QI by Stephen Fry. Um, but they record their podcast completely independently of the show. Um, the other one I would recommend is called Tank Riot, and they only usually get an episode out about once a month. But they 
they take a goodly amount of time, like it's two, three hours at least usually, and they explore a single subject, and it's usually like a historical figure or a particular event in history or a particular sort of cultural phenomenon, and they go through it quite carefully and trace the history of it all. It's it's usually pretty good. You search through their stuff, and I guarantee everyone will find one thing that they've riffed at, riffed about for two or three hours that they'll find interesting. Well, I've got another, another three, actually, that are more politically um, minded. First oh, dear. Is, well, no, no. Hear me out. Uh, first is Unfilter or by Jupiter Broadcasting. It's Chris. <laughs> oh, no, dear. No agenda light. <laughs> yeah, I find it quite interesting. So, other, it's politics and it's by Jupiter Broadcasting. <laughs> actually, check, check it out. It's actually quite decent. Um, I listened to one of them once and it was okay, but um, it just seemed to me that it's... Pretty much just Chris's attempt at a No Agenda rip-off, really. Uh, the No, no Agenda maybe. show, we didn't say. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I don't like the production well, values on that, for some reason. Well, the other one I was leading into it's was... Yeah. The other one, of, the other two, actually, two I was leading into are both from DanCarlin.com. Oh, Com- yes! Co- oh, common definitely, sense. yeah. Both Co- of common his Sense is, is brilliant. Yeah. Hard- hardcore history is unbelievably good. Yeah, Paddy from yeah, Paddy. Uh, Linux Lod- L- Linux Lodites, he recommends Dan Carlin. So I keep meaning to check him out, but I keep forgetting. And, uh, that was good. Did anybody uh, listen to uh, Joe Rogan experience? I was about to suggest that one, along with the uh, the Doug Stanhope podcast, which we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, stuff you missed in history class, stuff you should know, stuff to blow your mind. Uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Uh, Sawbones, uh, let's see, WTF with Mark Marin, and that's the end of it. There's a couple of Linux ones. Someone was making a list. Uh, don't forget Linux Voice. And, Did they uh, check it twice? <laughs> well, who's not me? Who's <laughs> and uh, Ubuntu UK as well, if they continue without Tony, which remains to be seen. You don't like Anyone it? interested in a show that'll ruin your life? Do not Always. recommend the show. I, I think that you're about to. Do it. Alright, so there's a show called DVD ASA. Um, it's a, it's oh a, a, an artist and a porn star and a bunch of their friends. Sounds like a must listen. By the way, also a second uh, stuff you should know that uh, that Pegwell mentioned. Another one as Definitely. well. Definitely. That, actually... whole, that whole thing's good. Another one as well that's uh, actually Pegwell put me on to, and I did subscribe for a while, I did listen for a while, it was good, it's just, I, I wanted, it was caught up in the cold, basically, it was good, it's a good podcast, Is The Bugle. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I've heard of that one. And we must, yeah, and we must yeah. Linux in the ham sack. Amen. So, what was this about? I mean, I don't, I don't follow the about the UK podcast, I listened to it once or twice or whatever, but um, what was this about Tony leaving or well, you know, the, <coughs> Tony, whatever you were going to say? I, I don't know about this. Well, no, it's not that. I mean, it, he just... Tony Whitmore is the guy who I believe yeah, started... Yeah, I've, I've met him at Old Camp as well. Yeah, yeah, but, he started it and he did all of the audio stuff. Like, he ran the mixer and stuff. And over the last year, he's been less and less involved. He went to climb a mountain somewhere in Africa, I can't remember where, and sort of left the others in charge of the mixer. And there was a few dodgy audio shows and um uh can't well, stand podcasts like that yeah and so he announced on the end of the last one of the season 
that he was leaving and going off to pursue other interests. And so he's left three of them, um, Alan Pope, Popey, who presumably most of you know. Oh, yeah, um, I've met him as well. On that. Yeah, yeah. He's a, a canonical employee, developer on the phone, I think. Um, Mark Johnson, who organized Dog Camp and is a really cool guy. Met him a few times. Uh, he uh, is a developer as well, <clears throat> knows his stuff. And Laura, who I think is like a UX person. I'm not exactly sure what she does, but I know she's not a developer. And so they kind of have left those three. But it seemed to all be focused around to- <coughs> around Tony. He was like organizing it all. And so without him, I'm not sure like how it could continue without an extra person, which is a real shame because I'd, I really liked it. I mean, it it was fairly Ubuntu focused, as you'd expect, obviously. But they did talk about other stuff as well. And it's kind of like... A, Ubuntu fanboys view on the rest of Linux and open source and the internet and all that stuff. So it was quite good. It'll be a shame if they don't do it again, but um, I've got a feeling in my bones that they might not do it again without Tony, which will, as I say, will be a shame, but you never know. Yeah, I subscribed yeah. for, for quite a while, um, and I eventually got a bit tired of it. I mean, they all seem like decent people. I mean, don't get me wrong. I just it was one of those where when when I decided to call a lot of podcasts, that was one of the easier ones to just call. Um, yeah, is, but I mean, they, they seem like really nice people, you know. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, they're yeah, they're decent people, but just want really mic on the podcast. But to be honest, I don't listen to podcasts that much anyway, so. So yeah, I didn't really listen to that one. Oh, well, right. And See, I'll, I'm, tell I'm pretty hardcore I'll tell you what them. would sound bad to some of you actually saying all this. Even the famous Linux Outlaws podcast. Now, I only actually listened to that uh, probably about once or twice again for whatever reason. It's just probably because I may want to listen to music on the computer as well, not podcasts, to be honest. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring that yeah, up, was... actually, Linux um, Outlaws. What what are people's thoughts? Uh, is anyone as sad as me that they've knocked it on the head? Well, Very much. Well, uh, let me interject here, guys. Uh, I just posted, again, the uh, shared Etherpad into uh, Hash Hogcast Planet. And for those of you who are not on it, it's http colon slash slash hpr.epad dot blacksparrowmedia dot net colon nine thousand slash two and I would I would very much like everybody who has uh, you know uh, mentioned a podcast if you would jump in there and you know at at afterwards says uh, I I guess we're on uh, oh I just had it. Well, I guess it's one o'clock GMT. Go find that. One twenty-six. No, I, I, yeah, but I mean, in the show, it, it, the line, but the appropriate line to follow is, uh, is uh, one o'clock GMT. Go in there and post your links, because, dang, if I'm going to, you know, remember them all and do it. So, you know, if you, you guys would all go in the shared editor and get all these links in there, I think Ken Fallon would be much more happy with us. Let me, while, while I have my key on the button, I want to throw, uh, uh, mine in with, with the end of, uh, Linux Outlaws, I might suggest as an alternative, uh, Sunday morning Linux review, though it's rarely on Sunday anymore. 
Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a new sort of podcast. It's it's less ranty uh, than Fab than Fab was. But I mean, I, I you know, if you want if you want to catch the, the latest Linux news, I I think that it that is a uh, viable alternative and a very good podcast. Let me throw a couple in that I bet you guys are is not familiar with. Is it HPR ended because Fab is pursuing his love of guns and three gun competition shooting? You mean entirely, entirely. Uh, well, I think what they want to do is talk about gaming and politics, and not uh, Fab. Do, Fab and Dan don't want to be. From my, uh, I'm one of the. I guess I'm unusual that I've still listened to every episode, but I, I get the gist that they don't want to be a. They they want they they want to talk about Linux uh, occasionally, but they don't want to be tied down. Oh, we've got to track down every breaking story about Linux and uh, talk about it. But like I said, enough about LO. I want to throw out a couple. One was in, uh, you know, in the, in the last month I put on the HPR feed and uh, uh, that's GeekSpeak at geekspeak.org. It's, I think it's a really good general tech podcast. Uh, they, it's not a Linux podcast, but they're definitely Linux aware so I, you know, I I always enjoy listening to that show. And one that you are probably not at all familiar with, and Pokey, this is your fault that that I am uh, following this. A lot of people know guilty that guilty. Yes, after uh, after we started, uh, you know, this summer we did a, we did the book review on uh, Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom, and that kind of ignited my uh, interest in Disney because I realized I'd been to Disneyland and Disney World, but I didn't I didn't remember actually any of the rides. I mean, I thought, well, I, I, don't, I don't remember being... Uh, I, I knew it was closed when I was at Disneyland, the, the uh, Haunted Mansion, but I didn't, I, I didn't remember... You know, really, what was Wait. like? I, I thought Wait. I'd been on in Disney World. Which uh, Disney World? So I, I started doing ride-throughs. Four of them. I started doing ride-throughs, and that led to podcasts that do some, you know, kind of Disney history, or rather YouTube videos. And this this is really a new podcast, uh, and I, and I've I, I've got pending. You know, rather than what's in my podcatcher, what's, you know, what YouTube channels I'm subscribed to. And this is going to be one of them. But this this is off of a YouTube channel, uh, the Live Fast, Die Poor podcast. And the best link to that, because they're, they're throwing them up on YouTube, but it's just like a static picture and audio. Uh, so if you just want the audio, you don't want to rip the audio out, you can go to www.bamforproductions.com slash lfdp slash podcast.xml and uh you know really it, it, it's it, it, there's there's some disney talk but they've got four episodes up and it's pretty much just a, a bunch of geeks geeking out and they're you know they're just funny as heck and you know if i'd been sitting in a chair when i was listening to them rather been out on the farm I would have fallen straight out of my chair, especially the second and third episodes. The first one's a little, a little weaker, but if you if you want to start and see how 
see how that podcast is progressing. Start start with episode two, the dark side of my tears. But you know, I it, I, I you know, I don't think I'm steering you wrong. I think if you listen to those, you will just laugh yourself silly. What I'm I um I missed the name of the podcast that you were talking about, fifty one fifty. Well, if you go to the Live Fast Die Poor channel on YouTube, uh, you will uh, you will come across them. But essentially, it's just an audio track of a static picture, like people do with uh, music videos or or uh, uh, movie themes or something like that. So, if you just want the raw MP3 podcast, you, you know you don't want to rip out the audio to put it on your player. You want to go to www.bamfurproductions.com slash lfdp slash podcast.xml. And that's, that's the feed channel. And Bamfur is just like, just like it. I don't know where they get it, but it's, it, it's just spelled just like you would say it. B-A-M-F-E-R. Joe, are you by a main road or something? Yes, sorry. Do you want me to mute it when I'm not talking? That's just common courtesy, man. No, Sorry. I just thought you, I, it just kind of, I had a, a pang moment of Linux Outlaws there because it was like every time I hear a van going past, it's like it used like it used to be on LO when the ice cream van would go past Dan's place. Yeah, sorry, I'll mute yeah, yeah, sorry, I'll mute it. Probably if you, you, you could eliminate the problem if you switch to uh, uh, press to talk or push to talk. Yeah, One podcast. One podcast which I'd like to recommend is uh, called The Changelog. It's replaced um, Floss Weekly for me. It has the same style format. It's an interview show uh, where they interview uh, different developers and whatnot who create open source software. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, cool. I had not heard of that one. Um, Their uh, main focus is, is, uh, or has been in the past, Ruby, uh, the programming language Ruby, but they're branching into other types of projects as well. Are they doing Grails? I haven't heard anything with Grails yet. A couple podcasts I'd recommend if you're into uh, science fiction and horror is Escape Pod and Pseudopod. Oh, yeah. yeah Escape yeah. Pod is by, excellent. Uh, yeah, I've heard it. It's good. Yeah, that is, those are put out by Escape Artists, Inc., and they also have uh, at least one other that's fantasy, but I can't remember the name of it. And the other one that's an excellent open source one is Source Trunk. Yep, uh, Podcastle is the fantasy one. Now, a buddy of mine is, is a severe Trekkie, and he said there, there's a couple of Trek podcasts out there that are fantastic. I, I know he sent the links to me. I don't have them off the top of my head. Does anybody know what they are? Wait, he's a severe Trekkie? You make it sound like it's an affliction. Severe. It like, is, isn't it? Like it is an affliction. He knows all of the Ferengi rules of acquisition, everything. Yeah, that's definitely an affliction. That's Yeah, that's severe. I don't know and, what and podcasts. Are, yeah, I don't know the Trek podcasts because I don't. I don't like listening to other people's thoughts on Trek, but but I do like the New Voyages. Um, I, I don't guess they count as podcasts, but like they're the fan the fan episodes of of Trek. Okay, I I got to throw this cool, out there. I, I posted this on my Google Plus feed, and since we diverged a little bit, there's a YouTube series of guys putting a foil drive Celica engine and transmission into a classic Cooper, and it's really freaking well done. i, I got to find the link and post it. So are you saying that he knows all 285 rules of acquisition? Yes. 
And that was a that was a joke. I was trying to make a joke. He continuously argues with me that uh, DS Nine is the best show, and I'm like, wait, DS Nine is just Love Boat in space. Ooh, I have one other to recommend. Actually, I'm guessing all of us. Well, I'm guessing I'm guessing most played with a Raspberry Pi. Yes, I only have maybe more than one. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Raspberry Raspberry. Uh, Raspberry Pi Today is a pretty good one, and I believe the guy who does it used to write for one of the bigger Linux magazines in print, um, and one thing he tends to get, he's, he actually gets phone interviews with a lot of the people who are producing accessories for the Raspberry Pi, um, things like um, extra controller boards, cases, and other accessories. He actually gets them on the phone. He's had Eben Upton from the Raspberry Pi Foundation, and also a lot of the people who organize the code jams and events going around the, the, around the Raspberry Pi as well. I'll, I'll put the link in the, uh, in the Etherpad. Oh, come on, let's admit it. DS9 was just a rip-off of the pitch for, uh... Oh, now I can't think of the name of the show. Babylon 5. Babylon 5. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, I got one to recommend. Uh, I mentioned the Adam Carolla show earlier. He's He's got a bunch of podcasts, though, and one of the very best that he has, and one of my very favorite podcasts, is called Ace on the House, where he's... It's one of his old, like, buddies from grade school and high school, and the guy's a contractor, and they just talk about home improvements and how to get stuff done, and it's it's pretty good, and they keep it pretty funny. I, I really miss the man show. Yeah, well, they Fistle bring it Web. there. Fistleweb is uh, CC Jam still going. Oh, that was a good one. But I um, is he still doing it, or yes. are they giving up on that? Yes, yes, he is doing it, but he all, Kevy always wanted that to be a community thing, like where other people would submit. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a few before, and, and it was he, good, he, but... He just wasn't getting any feedback at all. He wasn't getting any traction on it, and he felt that he didn't want to be the one that kept putting out the episodes. He wanted other people to contribute, and no one else was... Very few people were doing it. Um, so it's kind of slowed down, but yes, it is still going, and he does want to keep it going. Um, I The CC music, is that's not my area of interest at all. Um, when I do Crivens, I rely on him coming up with the music. Um, quite often, I li- well, I, I listen to the podcast because I've got a, a writing partnership with Caroline, um, and that's our kind of um, brainstorming time as an IRC during the podcast. But I'll grab tunes when the podcast is on a Friday night, and I'll put them into our wiki so that we can use. But if I don't get anything, it's up to him to do the music. Um, so yeah, it's not my expert, my area of expertise at all. Can't really help him with that. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, it is still going, and he does want to keep doing it. Yeah, but it was a good, yeah, it's a good idea though. Basically, so I'm just going to quickly say what that is because people are probably thinking, what, what, what are you talking about? Um, basically, people could pick a piece of Creative Commons music that they liked, and then go on there and talk about it for say ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes. And then that's an episode, but it's, it'll be like it would be like it would be like a community thing. But like HPI, you have to submit episodes, and obviously there wasn't really the, that many people we knew about, and so on. But it's on the uh, Unseen Studio site that Fissile Web runs with his podcast. If anyone thinks that's an interesting idea. Hey, how many folks out there remember Farscape? 
I do. I like that one. I do. Okay. Thistleweb sounds like a character from one episode of Farscape. They're in a space station that's getting uh, bombarded by storms, and uh, he, the character was the bartender. Come on, drink up, gentlemen. We've got some bombardment coming. Drink up. <laughs> no refunds uh, if you spill it. And, and unfortunately, the character dies in that episode. When, when the space station gets See, blown up. again, again, I resisted the, the, the temptation to swear there. I was going to swear, and I just said, no, that happens. I'm, I'm I, good. I love Farscape, but I do not remember that episode. All right. If you're... It was an episode... Um, they're on a... There's a wacky religious cult that believes the area of space is sacred and that they should be building stations there. And this is the last of three stations that were destroyed by storms. And there was some crazy um, cult that believed that. And they had a way of attracting the storms. And this hot-looking black-haired girl magnetically charged her body to stick to the side of the space station. And it was attracting the storm. And then they ejected the bulkhead that she was attached to. How many uh, episodes around did Farscape produce? Like, if I wanted to binge watch it on Netflix... Um, I don't know if it's on Netflix a... anymore. I um, think, there was, I think... A, there was at least four seasons. Yeah, oh, I think okay, it's so four it's seasons. Aw. Yeah, I think four seasons in a movie, because I... Yeah, I had, like, it was the Peacekeeper Exactly, yes. And I, I, I watched the Peacekeeper Wars. I had the box set because... I was I was watching Farscape on TV, and eventually, eventually came to network, well, semi-network TV around me. So I was watching it, <coughs> and then as syndicated series do, they go into reruns, and so I didn't watch the reruns. And then uh, I, I when I, when I got back to watching it, it was like uh, uh, two two seasons later. So I missed the two middle two seasons. I got the box set. I think it was missing a disc off of eBay. I got the box set. I never got around to watching the whole any anymore. So I, I still need to go rebuy the box set. Clatu, did you just say that four seasons was not that long of a of a show to binge watch? Did I hear you correctly? No, you heard me inversely. I said that 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 was a bit of a that's a bit of a commitment. Oh yeah, yes it is. Okay. The, I was going to say the only in front thing of I'm TV. seeing. I'm sorry. The only thing I'm seeing on Netflix is the Peacekeeper Wars, which is like three hours, I think. Oh, okay. I thought I could have sworn I saw it on Netflix, like because I used kept... to be. Okay, too bad. I guess I missed my chance. Well, yeah, actually, Farscape was produced in Oz. Yeah, it was kind of odd. It was it was produced by the Jim Henson Company, but it was mostly cast and filmed in Australia. Yeah, there's a lot of TV shows and movies that are uh, filmed in Australia uh, because of the. The financial reasons. I mean, the Matrix was all done in Australia. All the Star Wars prequels were done in Australia. Wow! Uh, just so many. There's also a lot done in Canada for those reasons. Canada. TV. Yeah, the exactly. same. Actually, stuff. A lot of stuff used to get filmed here in the UK for the same reasons in the 90s. Well, it, it's very funny because what it comes down to, and, and uh, hmm, I can't say who my one client is, but this client is a state and they give all sorts of breaks to uh, film uh, production. So uh, another state that's done that is Louisiana. It uh, sounds like you're talking about Georgia. No hey, offense what? there. 
name the forty-eight. The, the I mean, the other forty-nine, then, and we'll, we'll <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, uh, you guys. If if you listen to Tilts, you know who I work for. Speaking um, of, uh, someone mentioned Jim Henson. If anybody is not familiar yep. with uh, Jim Henson's Storyteller, the first oh, season yeah. of that is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, that classic. One. The second season was okay, but it, the first season really was good. What blows my mind is Jim Henson died of a, you know, basically had cold symptoms, but it was one of these things that kills you in two days. Pneumonia, I thought he died. It, it, yeah, it wasn't it was pneumonia. It was different. It, it was like a particular strain of it. Sounds yeah, like ricin to me. Nah, nah, it wasn't like that. Pneumonia is a, a generalized upper respiratory tract issue. Yeah, but it, it it's funny. Right at the same time, a coworker's dad passed of the same thing, and it you know it's like yeah, I don't feel good today. I'll just lay in bed. Boom, you're dead. So on a slightly different note, what's everyone's favorite um, sci-fi TV series? I mean, I, I mean Lex. I, Red oh, Lex. Oh, Lex. Oh, heard of Lex? I was just about to bring that show up. Dimension. Lex was brilliant and bizarre. And the last yeah. season, blew. yeah. I've I've brought Lex up several times. I on the audiobook See, club, I'm and I keep forgetting all of that I brought you guys it up. talking about Lex, and I'm going to say I that. was a fan of Tales from an Alternate Dimension. Oh, I don't know that one. I've never heard well, of that. What, what I thought for years was mine that was, was the, sorry. What I sorry. thought for, what I thought was was mine, or what was mine actually for a long time was uh, was Babylon Five. Yeah, really good. Bubble, one. I thought I thought Babylon Five was class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outer then, limits. And and then I got round to watching a long time after it finished. I got round to watching the reboot of uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh my ESG, gosh! And that is amazing. Fantastic. That is absolutely incredible. I get chills when I think about how well that's done. Well, I don't know. I, it, I it, they killed it after they got to the the new. The, you know, it, what was the season two? I think the end of season two, or the one that they had yeah, to split up the season. Yeah. yeah, I think. Well, no, that one I I hated. I just I didn't. I thought that BSG started to fade pretty quickly after a certain yeah. point oh, for me. Well, well, first off, the the original BSG and then BSG two thousand or nineteen ninety nine or whatever the hell they called was so horribly horribly bad. But as a kid, I mean, it it's space sci fi, and I love that stuff. Yeah, but this. But Oh, I just love the theme tune, man. Well, sticking oh. with Jim Henson, Pigs in Space was the fantastic <laughs> sci-fi. That was the best. Was I've awesome. never okay. seen that. To, well, does anybody remember the show every... UFO from the late Yes. Sunday? Yes. 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 No. Yes. Yes. I had yes. girls. That was I had that as a box suit, too. Okay. To, okay. Uh, Purple hair uh, girls. To explain Tales from an Alternate Dimension to all you Lex fans, that's the actual original title of the show before it changed networks and they'd renamed it to the two Lex. Oh, really? Ah. So the What was it? It's the, the Giga whatever? And... Okay, there... yeah, no, I, I was including that with, with Lex. I didn't know that that was called that, though. Are there episodes released under the name of Tales from an Alternate Universe that were not released under the name of Lex? Yes, because like the entire first season of that... Well, they may have re-released the original season, but the first season was called Tales from an Alternate... Or Tales from an Alternate or a Parallel Dimension, something like that. And they changed... When they changed uh, networks, switched seasons, they also changed the actor... Or the actress who played Zev. Okay, yeah. So there was early many, Zev and later Zev. How many shows are in season one? 
Well, there for I don't know for Lex with with Zev with a with a Z I think it was the first Zev. There were a bunch of uh, movies, or like they were released right. as movies essentially. It was white haired Zev, then red haired yeah, Zev. Yeah, yeah, and then there was Zev with an X, and she was, I, if I recall correctly, I mean I'd have to look at the the files on my hard drive, which is not plugged in right now. But they're they're the ones that are actual like episodes, like that you and I would think of as episodes. All right. So how long did it take everybody to realize what the front of the Lex looked like? Uh, like two seconds, three seconds. Uh, oh damn! I'm so stupid. I still haven't. You'll have to post a Everything picture. Everything in me. that show is a double entendre. Oh yeah, it is. It, Wait, it, it, it there, there is a reason that when that was broadcast here in the UK, it was on the worst of the terrestrial channels, Channel Five, and at one in the morning. <laughs> so, did anybody realize the Gatorade bottle played a significant role in uh, the the series? No. What? Like when over where oh gosh what what was his name the dead guy Kai I, Kai okay so Kai and the proto blood came out of basically a Gatorade bottle with the tubes in it I'll have to go back and look now you you got to look because where, wherever the coffins are where Kai is you know the two coffins that are there yeah, there's this yeah. Gatorade bottle yeah but wasn't hilarious. most wasn't most of the prop budget for that show um some expansion foam. Spray paint and what we can find in this in the rubbish. Pretty much, it was ridiculous. Well, being uh, cable deprived most of my life, I'm I'm sorry. I have to go back to the classics. My favorite is Toss. Oh yeah, one, of course. What one that I've been trying to watch is Space 1999. Oh, you can't watch that. classic. No, it's I had the box set of that too. And I watched every episode breathlessly as a kid, and I watched an episode, you know, like in the last three months. It's unwatchable. Ooh, there's a good topic. If there's a lull, what what shows did you love as a kid that have not held up? You know, like Goth. Uh, no, like Goth, for, in, for instance. Right, well, the, there's one on that Goth's score. Goth's still that, good. There's one on that score that I have actually recanted on my original opinion. I used to love the A-Team. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I watched, when it, when that was on UK Gold here. Um, I watched a few episodes, and I was like, "Oh, don't just don't spoil the memories." And then I've rewatched, I've binge watched it again, all in you know one in, in order basically. And I'm thinking, actually, the A team, as long as you take it in the spirit that it's intended, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be you know just a bit relaxed and a bit tongue in cheek and whatever. And as long as you take it in that spirit and you watch it, and it's actually not too bad. Okay, I'm but, totally jealous. I want the stainless steel Mini 14 that uh, Hannibal had. The beautiful gun. I, I, uh, one thing I can I want spoil. To ask about... Um, eighteen. Before I go, Thistleweb is. Did you catch the like? I want to say it was like the third season, maybe, where they have finally cleared their name. Well, they had. I watched all five. There's five seasons, and I watched them all. Every episode <laughs> in order. I mean, okay, I spread it out over quite a while. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly a binge session. Um, but yeah, what they did was apparently the the fans at the time got a bit annoyed with the fact that it was getting repetitive and they never got caught. And by the end of season four, the the plan was, right, they get caught. And then the start of season five was they get court-martialed and they clear their names and they're working for Stockwell. Um, so season, season five was poor. It was pretty poor. And it got cancelled at that point. But yeah, it was getting tired by then anyway. They, they um, could have made an entire episode made... just them all 
repeatedly kicking Stockwell in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's you know I kind of I kind of thought it kind of jumped the shark after that point where they were cleared. It jumped the shark at the point where they had a, an episode with Boy George in it. Did they? Yep. Oh, there's, yep they oh, did. Dude, 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 dude. Do you think Boy George was the worst of the celebrities they had? No, that's or, just the point. It jumped the shark. They had two episodes, counting them two, not one, two, two, duo, two, one, two episodes with Hulk Hogan <laughs> as the Hulkster. And he was a mate yeah, of the Yeah, but it was the 80s, man. Hey. Wait, talking about Hulk Hogan, there's my favorite worst show ever. And it was so bad, it was like a train wreck. You had to watch it. It was called Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan <laughs> and some supermodel. I forget who it was. But it was, if you can watch it, do it drunk, you're going to laugh your balls off. Well, that is, and Urban uh, Command, Suburban Commando, and Mr. Nanny, we know. Hey, I, I gotta ask that, you guys th- a th- question. Thund- sorry, th- Thunder and Paradise was at least sort of a Hulk Hogan vehicle. And when I was watching, or binge-watching the A-Team, I never expected Hulk Hogan to turn up in the A-Team. And then not only once, but twice. Both times as Hulk Hogan. At least, but at least by George, when he was there, yes, he played himself, and yes, it was kind of lame. But at least he, he had a different character name, and he wasn't singing a culture club tune. Yes, <laughs> there was some attempt of a character there, albeit very, very thinly, um, thinly veiled. But Hulk Hogan, he was there as the Hulkster. So you get BA talking about, yeah, Hulkster, dude. You know, it's like, oh god, no, <laughs> please no. But, but hey, it's Hulk the Hogan. Hulk. But hey, the Hulk, the Hulk is broke, divor- divorced, and has his own shitty hosting company now, so... A hosting company? Oh yeah, seriously. Google Hostomania. No. Yep. <laughs> so, am so I watch the, the promo one... video, it's worse. Am I the only one here who, like, has his own theme music that just plays inside of his head most of the time? And if no, not... No, no, we all get that. No, Peter Griffin not, does. Am I the only one whose theme song is the A-Team song? <laughs> I used to right. put play Flight of the Valkyries on the MP3 player when I put the throttles forward on the airplane. Right, has, has anyone seen um, a TV show, a UK TV show called Spaced? Oh god. Oh, that was, that was hilarious. Spaced, there's a character in that who is, he's in the Territorial Army, it's set in the UK, it's made in the UK. Um, it, it's he, the early part of Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost's careers, basically. Yep, yep. Nick Frost plays a character who is in the T in the TA Territorial Army. Um, he's obsessed with the military, and at one point they go to a nightclub, and his dance routine, the theme from the A Team, comes on, and that's him totally in his element. The nightclub playing the theme to the A Team, and he's playing like the the toy soldiers pretending to shoot a gun, <laughs> pretending to throw a grenade. That's his dance routine. I was drunk most of the time I watched that show. You have to be. Spaced is a stoner is a stoner comedy. It's really good, but you've got to be a stoner to appreciate it. You've got to be on acid to understand it. I don't know. I've never had acid, but um, it's a stoner show. What I'm hearing is it's it was trying to be, but is not as good as Red Dwarf. Oh no 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 no! It's it was very it was original. Totally different to that. Very different. Very different. Yeah, it's very, very unusual, very different, very original. Um, but you have to be open enough minded to it to just go with it. And if you go with it, it's hysterical. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, but 
but if you're not, if you're expecting something mainstream, yeah, it, it ain't gonna cut it. It ain't gonna satisfy you. Oh no, I'm very closed-minded. I'll I'll leave off this one. Right, well, I better go to bed, guys. It's been good talking to you, albeit briefly. And uh, yeah, happy New Year and all that. And I hope you uh, continue to plow on until the very end. Do you plug your show? I think I plugged it briefly. Plug it again. Okay, linuxluddites.com and also mintcast.org, mintcast.org, if you're American. They're the two shows that I mostly do. I just started watching your show maybe two, three days ago. And good job, man. All right, thanks. Uh, I love the show. I love the show. I didn't real uh, when when I saw you in the channel. I didn't realize you were that Joe. So yeah, thanks so much for uh, uh, for Luddites. That's right. It's quite a lot of effort, but people seem to like it, so it's worth it. I think. Yeah, good cool. stuff, you, man. Thanks, and nice to meet you, man. Do you have a, a feed where you can like snatch all of your shows before you run off to bed? Um, there is on the site because um, we don't like to put them all in the RSS feed because it just clogs up players and stuff but if I look at the site there's an archive link on the on the right hand side I think show archive uh, which is linuxlowlights.com slash archive and they're all linked from there back to number one thank you sir that's alright anyway yeah have a good time guys and uh if you're still going when I wake up, I might jump back on. You never know. We almost certainly will be, though we may not be the same we at that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, take it easy, guys. See you later. Have a good one, man. Later, Joe. Yeah, what was the projected running time for this year's show? Because I swear it gets longer every year. No, oh, I think hours. we're just shooting for 26. So, like, like one year it was like 28. No, no, it, a couple of years ago it was 24, and then we realized that we missed some time zones because there's a roll around. So it went to 26 last year, and it's 26 again this year. Uh, oh, okay, I thought it might be 32 next year. but No, no, there's just more time zones than you would logically think would fit on a globe with 24 of them. I thought we just kept making some up. By the names of them? Yeah, de- definitely people made up those names. Yeah, Happy last year. New year! Happy New Year to wherever. It's, Happy New um, Year. Yeah, Happy Brazil. New Year to Brazil, Uruguay, which and, and one other that includes Rio de Janeiro, San Paulo, Brasilia, and Montevideo. Butchered that one on purpose. Happy New Year. Okay, so here's one. What's everyone's favorite tech purchase that they've made this year? What this year or last year, like twenty fourteen? You mean, yeah. So in that case, uh, I I did buy the um, uh, I did do the Indiegogo campaign thing, and I've got I'm gonna get a Jola tablet in May. That'll be interesting. And then I also decided to get the phone as well when it when it was there on the discount as well. So, which I could have had that phone already, but I didn't put my code in until uh. <laughs> Well, a bit late, so I'm going to be getting it, uh, well, soon, hopefully. <laughs> it's just waiting in France or Germany at the moment, but obviously New Year's going to hold it up as well, probably, a bit, and it will only deliver on a weekday, so. Hopefully before the 12th of January, because that's the estimated delivery at the moment, and that's a bit annoying. I got a good one. I got a Gorilla thumb drive. That's my favorite. You can just step right on it, and it's fine. I actually got a whole to... new computer. 
And basically my old computer blew up. The uh, power supply actually burned up, and so I ended up having to buy a whole new machine. What'd you build, man? I did not build it. Um, I actually... God, not System76. What's the other major Linux? Zar Reason? Zar Reason, yeah. I ordered a machine through Zar Reason. Primarily because I was <laughs> really stuck in a bad situation. My old machine blew up the same week I was on call for work. Ooh. So I actually had to get a new machine in, like, within days. And I needed it set up, everything done, ready to roll. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. I bought a HP laptop for my wife at Walmart, and it was 200 bucks. And it's a full-powered laptop, and I cannot believe how fast this thing is for the price that we paid. I didn't know they sold Linux laptops at Walmart. Sadly, hey, no, man. she doesn't run Linux, but uh, it is all—it's—it's it's all uh, Intel hardware inside. So I'm—I'm I'm thinking of buying one for myself. And what's up, Dan? Long time no see. Hey, hey Dan. Sir. How you doing? Hey, Dan. Hey, Klaatu. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, actually, Dan, um, about five or six years ago, the Walmart was selling a machine they called the Green PC, which actually had a version of uh, Ubuntu Linux on it with um, E16. E16, E16 and it was, I think. In it. Wasn't that only web sales? You, you can only get it on Walmart online? No, I, I went to the uh, store and bought it. I actually had uh, one. I, I bought it at the store. Yeah, it looked pretty nice. If I mean the OS, the desktop itself, I don't. I never obviously used the PC. It was fairly underpowered. Um, I'm trying to remember what the the processor was in it. It wasn't. It wasn't an AMD or Intel processor. Um, so, it, the the the, pop, the processor I think was only like eight or nine hundred megahertz. It wasn't actually even a, a full gigahertz processor. You know what my problem is with that sound soundy. It's the same thing with the triple E PCs. It's a crippled version of Linux, comparatively speaking. I mean, yeah, for for the the layperson, it's a it's a crippled version of Linux. Like the triple E PC had this bastardized version of Xandros on it in a app store that was so limited. Yeah, I remember. It that. was it was crippling, and then the the that it doesn't have an Intel. Was it was it an x eighty six compatible processor? Yeah, it, it was x eighty six compatible. Oh, they, they were just they were running basically a stock version of Ubuntu with uh-huh. just the e sixteen desktop and a different theme on it. So, so it, it, it still it still it still took the the standard x eighty six or was it sixty four? No, it wasn't sixty four bit, was it? Yeah, it was. It was sixty four. Are you serious? It was sixty four bit. Get this: the motherboard even had a RAID controller on it. Why? Well, the biggest well you, you could hook up multiple drives and raise, stripe the drives. Well, that, that's a pretty, that one, see, I didn't have one of those or actually play around with one of those, so I stand corrected on that. That seems like a fairly decent offering from a standard box store. Are you talking about a netbook? No, it was, it was a regular PC. Like a, oh, a I, I remember it. I remember yeah, it, it. The big thing about it was the, they, they were selling it as the green PC, and the reason they chose the processor that they did was it had a very low power requirement. So you could actually go with standby with it, and it was maybe not as good as a, as a Pi, but it was actually a very low power draw for the machine. That sounds more like ARM than, than Intel to me. So was what was the what was the fate of that, the reason why it didn't succeed? Was, it, was there a lot of complaints Sales. that people... Well, was there a lot of complaints that people bought it and didn't realize what they were getting, and and could not run their 
their quote software on it. Was that what killed it? I would, bl- uh, if anything, I would blame the ever popular Walmart model of uh, handling stuff. In other words, put pressure on a company to produce high volume of something and cut the prices to absolute bare bones, and the company can't make a, a dollar on it. Well, that that was always a problem with netbooks, is that people assumed they were marketed as this um, cheap laptop, which, well, yeah, it is, but it's very limited. And then when you add the, the further thing in of, oh, it's Linux, it's Xandros, or whatever it is that, on it, and people are buying it on, on the assumption of, oh, it's a cheap Linux, a cheap Windows laptop, and it isn't. You can't run games on it. A, it doesn't have the power, and B, it's not compatible. And oh. it's just people being un... You know, they sold something they think is one thing, and it turns out to be something else. There was there was a double whammy with the netbooks because um, when the first AAA PCs appeared, and then some of the other manufacturers were winding up production of their own netbooks, Microsoft turned the thumbscrews on all of the other manufacturers and said, "Yeah, you can do what you want as far as the operating system's concerned, but." Um, Nothing except Windows can have more than this spec. So actually, most of the decent netbooks came with Windows on them, and people switched them over to Linux. Anyone here run a Chromebook uh, with Linux? I haven't, but I've been tempted to buy one to do just that. Dan, who do we have? We had we interviewed somebody that did that. Yeah, I've been looking into doing it yeah, myself. Yeah, uh, he was on earlier. It's um, what's his name? Pirate Man. Handsome pirate? Uh, yeah. Handsome pirate. Yeah. He was doing it. And the we had the guy who was running his... Wasn't the guy who was running... Um, the, he had the website with the distro. Yes. That's, that's what I was Tab talking Custom about. Tab Custom Tailored. What was that website? He was just... He was also right after us. He was on uh, Linux for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, was, what was that? What was he called? Was now let me look that up. The Bedrock Linux guy? No. <laughs> no, not Bedrock. Don't talk with your mouth. Don't talk with your mouth. Jump, jump back to the green well, chip. Well, there was something. Just, just, just remember, it was a, a VIA uh, chipset that was in there. I just saw a link uh, somewhere where you can run Crouton inside the actual Chrome OS now. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's what that's nice. what I was thinking of. Uh, I just listened to, and it's an old one, a uh, Bad Voltage where they're talking about Crouton. They did a review of a... Uh, Chromebook, but they they talked about uh, Crouton, and it's like, yeah, if you need if you need a real Linux app, you can just run it, and uh, it's not like you got to reboot or anything. So uh, it, it seems to me like Crouton may, uh, and and I I think we were talking about it on a uh, uh, KPL, and I didn't realize it, but uh, it, it, Crouton seems to be like the thing that would make. Would would make a, a Chromebook actually viable? Well, isn't Crouton um, something that actually allows you to install Linux, a full Linux install like Ubuntu, whatever, on a Chromebook? So you're not actually running Chrome OS. That's correct. yeah. You, That's you do need to do your research though, because there are certain manufacturers and models of Chromebooks um, that it's far easier to do that with than others. The Celeron. Based models from Acer tend to be the easiest. If I may interject, yeah, if I may interject for just a second. Oh my gosh. 5150. Wow. Just, it was Hugh from distroshare.com who was 
talking about that, Rich. And it was episode 166 of Linux for the rest of us. And then, I forget which show we did with him. Sorry, continue on 5150. Well, I'm probably still too hot for you. It's it's not just that, 50. It's every time you key up, if someone else is keyed up, you echo back real bad, like you got your headphones wrapped around the microphone. It's it's bad. Well, I'm, I'm on Plumble, so I'm not using a headset. Uh, they told me I was real low, and I didn't know it uh, all, all this morning. I mean, uh, you, you guys told me I was low, but you didn't tell me I was still real low when I was actually on the laptop on Mumble. I'm, you know, I'm more, more than willing to try that again. Well, you're, no, you're not. You're, you're fine now. It's the only, the only sort of uncomfortable fact is when other people are talking at the same time. Well, that would make sense since I'm not on headphones. I, I'm on the phone. You know, if anybody, if anybody keys up at the same time I do, there's going to be feedback. Yeah, but we have that kind of collision all the time. It's not like someone's doing it on purpose. It, do, do you have? Can you plug headphones into your phone? Is that possible? I don't think so. I've got an analog headset, but I don't think it's it's not four rings, so I don't think that would work. But uh, let me drop out of here and uh, jump into mumble on the laptop again, because I I've got the. Ant- Amplitude pushed all the way now. We'll try. Uh, so we'll try. So tell me if I'm too low, because Ken came on and said, "Man, you know, we we, uh, you know, all all that stuff this morning, and he already posted it. You know, you are just so way low that you can't be heard." And I did I did my own version the first three hours, and I said, "Well, I hit it with the compressor, I hit it with the leveler, and." I, I I think it's it, it's not that bad. I'm still low, but uh, you know, uh, but I'm in there, and he's now it's already posted. So let's let's go with that and shoot. I'm 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 willing to let him do that. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, kid. I hate to throw all this on you, but it's been uh, unfortunately it's been more of a CF than than I anticipated uh, from the beginning. So tell you what, let me let me jump out on the phone. No, hold on. And you guys... No, hold on. You, the phone sounds great. Just plug some headphones in. It Most phones will allow you to plug headphones in, and they'll just use the built-in mic in the phone, which is working great for you. It's just the feedback issue. I talked on the phone for years like that. Uh, my, I didn't get headphones that had an integrated microphone in them until the past year, maybe two. See, that's the problem. My uh, My integrated phones... Or my analog phones have uh, two plugs. Yes, yeah, so just use the one plug for the headphones, and your phone will be smart enough to use its own microphone, on which you sound good. I just had a bizarre thought when you said about plugging headphones into the phone. I, I could imagine imagine going back to the 70s and saying that to someone, and they've got this, this handset, and like, I'm already holding the phone up to my ear. Why would I want headphones to plug into this thing? Oh man, I remember when mobile phones didn't have uh, wireless headsets, and you had to use a wired headset with them, like before Bluetooth came around. They worked good, though. I had a couple that were like that that sounded fantastic. Yeah, they, they've they always sounded better. The wired headsets have always sounded better than Bluetooth headsets. Uh, I've still got a wired headset for old Nokia 6000-ish. 
It's strange. I hardly ever see anyone with a headset at all anymore. Uh, you've, yeah. got to, you've got to remember, though, that the Bluetooth headsets are NSA approved. <laughs> they are. My daughter and I, the other day, we watched um, Lethal Weapon, if you remember that old movie. <laughs> There's several cell phone appearances in that movie. And it's just a giant, giant battery with an antenna on it and a separate handset with a curly cord. And it's hilarious. Actually, oh. it can be quite fun. It's very easy to spoof the pairing on Bluetooth headsets and... Um, if you've got the right Bluetooth adapter, you can play random sounds through basically any Bluetooth headset and range, and a lot of fast food restaurants tend to use those for their staff. It's quite fun to see what, what their faces do when you do that nearby. Oh, I got one for you. My little Bluetooth adapter has a range of 100 meters. Nice. So you could basically sit right across the street and start messing with drive through staff. Uh, back when I first got it, I used to, uh, attempt to intercept, uh, I attempt to intercept, uh, phone calls of cars passing by. Yes, well, everything we're talking about is entirely theoretical, but possible. It was an attempt, uh, I'm, I'm not saying whether or not I was successful. Yeah, I mean, I was saying earlier on as well, talking about the, the phone and lethal weapon, uh, technology ages um, movies. And I, I remember watching Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible, and they've got the hacker on board, and they're like, what equipment do you need? What are this high-tech equipment do you need? And this guy's waxing lyrical, I think it was about a Pentium 2, he's waxing lyrical about this really high-tech Pentium 2 that's so super sophisticated. <laughs> and it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, 900 megahertz with a RISC processor. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. It's all these things that are way superseded by now. But that's him waxing lyrical about the, the pinnacle of technology. That's what he needs to complete this this task. Do you remember how cool the, the slide-out phone was on the Matrix? I mean, that changed phones for like three or four years. Oh, yeah. I hate Everybody, I, I remember it was hilarious back when back when um, mobile phones first got fairly affordable in the UK, so everybody could have them on like pay-as-you-go schemes, and everyone changed the fascias on their Nokia's so that they had fascias that had a little slide out on them, just so they looked like that model. Okay, that ain't working because I just realized I'm hearing everybody twice separated by. I'm in stereo. I heard something about Pokey saying how cool it was on the Matrix and blah, 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 and then he was back again. Let let, let me drop out and uh, get on the wireless headset on the PC and see if that's... And if I'm low, guys, tell me. Well, you heard Fix it right. Everything I the say show. Is, you, you heard it right, 50. Everything I say is blah, blah, blah. I yeah, she okay. said blah, blah, blah. saying blah, blah, blah twice. What's up, bro? Yeah, dude, I'm back. Uh, I, I, without giving away where I work, but basically, somebody work, wrote a snarky blog post about a typo on the site, and I was like, uh, so I had to fix it. Don't leave it. Uh, I know where you work. The, just annoy the spell place. Just leave the typos in there. That's what I do. I'm annoying the spell place. Oh, well, the, he can't. the whole thing. Oh. I can't. I can't. I work for a large dot com. Uh, see, I can do my blogs. I can just leave them in if I want to. That's not an effing typo, mate. That's around around dictionary. Yeah, fifteen years ago, a large dot com could have been the actual name of name of the company. 
it's a household name if you're over a certain age or income level. Oh. Uh, Denture.com. Yes. You work for Hostomania? That's right, brother! Go ahead. Do you say Lair.com? Because I've got some funny stuff coming up when I search for it. Uh, I'm not going to name my employer. I have a social media agreement, and it is just better if I don't. Basically, if I don't, if I never say who I work for, I can pretty much say what I want. Once it gets started connecting to my name, it becomes this big thing. So I would appreciate uh, it. You not keeping my, my keep my employer off of this. That's okay. Don't oh, no worries. Talk. I'm not saying anything. Don't but even sure. talk to WhatsApp. Even talk to Quids up if he ever comes in here because he works for um he actually looks around for things like that in his right. job. So so to change the subject then, what kind of shows that were cancelled too soon should have went longer that people uh, can remember? I've got a few. I, I enjoyed Matador until it got to the eighth episode this year. It pissed me off. I got that one. was one. Uh, Aussie Five. Anyone know that one? What? That was quite a few years ago. <laughs> Actually, I think that was 2007. It only lasted one series. But it was about basically um, like a sci-fi thing. The world exploded and they went five years back in time and they were going to save the world. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and they never finished the freaking thing. It was stupid. Well, did you Firefly. See, you, you saw it. Did you see that show? Or? Yeah, I remember watching it. Um, I, I, thought, I watched the whole every, every episode and we, you could tell when it Episodes waning, no, like um, when a TV show is waning, they just lose track like halfway through. It's almost like they come up with this great idea for the for the um, networks, and then they actually put it into, into action, and it just doesn't work. And they're like, going, "Well, we've done three episodes. What do we do now?" Well, first, first guys, sorry, Thistleweb. First, tell me if I'm too low. Secondly, yes, you're way too low. Yeah, way too low. I've got friends in low places, and you're one of them. Dang. <laughs> That, that, that was a Lord of the Rings <laughs> thing. He's just obsessed with the dwarves. The way surprises with TV shows, the last shit I quite liked this year, actually I was half expecting that to be cancelled, but it's been renewed. Um, and um, that was one surprise. And I've gone to Longmire this year. I haven't that And then I found out it got cancelled and then renewed, and then another network picked it up. I was quite happy. Yeah, Firefly was an odd one. I thought Serendipity in the movie was brilliant. Um, I think the uh, you mean had... Serenity. Serenity, sorry, yeah, Serenity. Um, the movie Serendipity was... would be the sequel. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah. But Serendipity yeah. was a good chick flick. Yeah, I'm drunk at this point, so bear with me when I get my, my, my mistakes. That's how I know I've been gone for a long time. Last time we talked, you were sober and drinking coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, is, this is verifiably true. Um, but no... Serenity was actually really good. I thought they had a good idea there. Um, the the series, mm, not so much, I don't think. Whatever happened, I don't remember watching too many episodes of Firefly because by the time I started, I figured out that it was there it had been cancelled, so I just never bothered. But um, it was basically like there's these people on a spaceship and they're flying around trying to um, just do stuff, like Black Seven, wasn't it? I mean, the thing was, it was, it was, a, it was. They were rich characters in a rich world, and because it only ran for one season, all they managed to do in that one season was delve into the backstories of all the characters. It wasn't even one season, it was a half a season, it was only like 13 episodes. You know, yeah. you know a show I'd really like to have, to have them redo and do completely from scratch with modern technology be Black Seven. That would be, um, I love the script of that. You know, all these frickin' prisoners on the ship, and all of a sudden they, they, they get told to go and this other ship because they discovered this huge ship. It's an awesome script. 
Well, Mean Black Seven, and it, am I any better? I'm on the dang analog set now. Yeah, but you guys, I suppose you guys you know. Good. You guys know Sorry. Black Seven. That would be an oh, awesome yeah. remake. Oh yeah, Black oh, Seven Jack- was a classic. Uh, Peter Jackson should go and get buy the rights and freaking do Black Seven. I tell you, he'd be no, he shouldn't. <laughs> no, he be shouldn't used. because Blake Blake Seven was seventy sci-fi trash and a product of its time. It's only as entertaining because it was it was seventies and utterly ridiculous even then. Now, there's so many I, points I, I, in that show where you could go, "Ooh, the kinky factor is high," simply because of the outfit being worn by the character with the most lines. I have to say, man, I always liked Blake Seven. I yeah. Uh, you know, that and Doctor Who were a couple things that we got actually on the local uh, public television channel. But uh, it's been so long, I've forgotten all the episodes, and I'm not happy with Not Claw 2 for introducing me to those on uh, 7 on uh, YouTube. I'm sure, I, I'm sure it's uh, nowhere near legit. But uh, I, you know, I, I, I've been working. I've been working my way through. Yeah, I'd say for Blake Seven, I, I think the the first season where Terry Nation was the only guy writing all every story. I think it was really, really strong. But I've gotten past that now, and it seems seems to be falling off quite a bit in terms of story quality. Well, when Blake actually, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That was the key turning point with that show when Blake disappears. And uh, what's his name takes over. That turns the whole series completely. Avon. Off the ship. Like, what's the point? They're on a little grumpy ship that doesn't do anything. It's like that was the whole point that people watched the whole freaking show. Oh, it's the most powerful oh, ship oh. in the universe. Oh wait, you guys don't know. Okay, apparently, don't you guys know the big twist about this? The guy who played Avon actually kept all these scripts from that point forward, where where Blake leaves. After the show is over, he goes back and he writes a novel or a book based around the fact that Avon was actually searching for Blake the whole time. And that's and everyone thinks that he had all these ulterior motives in that. His motive was actually to find Blake because he felt completely out of place trying to lead the crew. I didn't I didn't realize that in those the episodes I missed. It's kinda kinda yeah, remind it reminds me it maybe uh a black topic. It was like the, uh, when uh, Hercules, Amazing Ventures, or whatever it was, finished up. The guy played uh, Ares threw himself off a mountain because he couldn't get a job. Apparently, sci-fi.co.nc were going to remake it. It's looking up on record Wikipedia, and they cancelled up, put it on hold. Yeah, on the Blake Seven thing, it was was it Talon or Taron? Tal Talon. Something like that. I begin with a T that took over from in the fourth season of Blake Seven or something like that as the leader when Blake left. That was Avon. That was Avon who who took over. Are you sure? And I knew Avon was always the kind of the evil. Wasn't he the techie? Wasn't he the like the maintenance guy? Yeah, he's the IT guy. Yeah, I thought so, but it was was it Talon or Taron or something like that was the the lead. He came in as a lead character to almost to replace Blake for the last season. Well, I I remember something from the last episode. Blake came back and and something, uh, you know, uh, exchanged between him and, him and Avon, and it's like, don't you trust me? It's like I've always trusted you. Yeah, and the way that last scene is filmed is Avon is standing over all the other people who are dead, 
all the rest of the crew, and he's basically surrounded. And the the reasoning for that was, if there was anybody who cannot survive, it's going to be Avon. Yeah, so uh, the original series, I've I've got a big blank in there. So, like I said, I'm 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 not happy with you, Claw Two, for reintroducing me to that. And so, uh, well, I'm going to redo the episode, but. You know, there's, there's got to be no way that's legit on YouTube. It's just they haven't found it. I think with shows like that, you've got to sort of take it as the the context of what what life was like at the time, what you expected at the time. And when you when you were watching Blake Seven, that was late seventies, so you're used to late seventies TV and their te- their special effects and their levels of storytelling and what they could do. Blake Seven was pretty damn good, um, but when you watch it back now, yeah, it's really really shonky. Um, you've got to kind of take it in the context of what it was like at the time. Oh yeah, the intro, you go straight into APIC graphics and, you know, and, and then a pseudo video camera sweeping around, I mean, it's laughable in, uh, you know, uh, compared to what we have currently in tech. And uh, so, I, so I don't go for hours again, all messed up. Uh, you guys can hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. You're a little distorted though. Um, here's an odd fact for Blake 7 and Doctor Who. The guy who did the voice of the computer on Blake 7 was also the voice of K9. No, be Orak and uh, and Blake 7. Yep. Hey guys. Good evening. I just wanted to hop on and wish you all a happy new year. Uh, this is Shadow or Josh, uh, the CTO of Anas. Uh, no, so I just wanted to pop on and say hi to all y'all. Oh, oh well, thanks, thanks for coming. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, see everything's going good, but I was going to pop in and see how y'all were doing, but I didn't want to interrupt right in the middle of the TV discussion. Well, wait, no, not at all. Thanks feel for everything, free, Josh. Feel free to join on. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to pop in and wish y'all a Happy New Year and hope everything goes great for 2015. Well, then welcome. We're discussing Blake's seven and wave ahead to the characters. Yeah, that, it's a few years before my time, unfortunately. Apparently, um, I was doing some research. Apparently, yeah, Microsoft bought the rights. They were there was it was going to be turned into a video game, then a TV series, but it never actually happened. It was in 2014, so apparently, um, it could still be a develop, development. I'm not too sure. Gotcha. You know, one of these odd um, movie or no book turn game rights things that. I everything about me screams I should be interested in this, and it does exist. And for some reason, I just have no interest in checking it out. Is uh, Terry Pratchett's Starship Titanic? Never heard of that. Terry Pratchett's an awesome author. Uh, everything I've read of his has been gold. So I, I would imagine it'd be good. Yeah, I, I, I love I love Terry Pratchett. His Discworld stuff is just phenomenally good. He doesn't only do Discworld, but I mean I've read every Discworld book that I, I know of. Uh, he Isn't did it? one. He did one with Terry. Uh, oh, was it? That's not Terry Gilliam. Eric Idle, I think. One of the Pythons that he did uh, Starship Titanic. Uh, it was a maiden voyage of a starship, um, and one of the characters was called the Journalist. That was his name. 
his first name the second name John Lost. That was his that was his name. <laughs> it was bizarre. Totally bizarre. And it was turned into a video game. You've, You've written your silly names. Well I wanna think I, I there was a Starship Titanic game that I remember that was out commercially. I don't know if it's one you're thinking of. Uh Thistleweb that uh you know you sort of start out isolated on, on a starship that is broken down. But uh, it, actually um, um Starship Titanic was originally a game um written and created by Douglas Adams and the yeah, book was and the book was co-written based on it by Douglas Adams and Terry Jones. My my, my bad, yeah, it was it was Douglas Adams. I, I, they are very similar. Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett are very very similar. I, I got them very confused. similar I'm humor. Drunk. They are very very similar. Yeah, oh, you're totally um, right. It was Douglas what Adams. And I, I'm kind of thinking maybe I'm not that uh, Starship Titanic had a. Uh, tie-in on Steam to the ship, which I which I think it, it is a uh, 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 oh, what's what's the one with the uh, guy with the crowbar, but I mean it's, it's sort of a mod of that and, and your, your whole thing is you know, your ship has been hijacked and you have to take orders and uh, assassinate people and at the end you make it to a life raft and and that they at, at the end it comes on and oh you're on you're on another ship and the guy's on videos telling you to assassinate everybody are you talking about half-life yeah <laughs> it's like a mod of half-life called the ship and uh, <coughs> it's on steam like like I said, it, it it is a thing where you're supposed to sneak around and assassinate people, but you seem to spend all your time in the bathroom instead. And uh, if you if you win the game, your prize is you're on a life raft and you're picked up by another ship, and the same crazy guy wants you to assassinate everybody on the other ship. Well, that's not Starship Titanic. I've only read the book Starship Titanic. I've never played the game. Uh, I do yeah, know the, the, it as a game. Um, yeah, the, the plot, the, the plot of that basically is, is a starship, and all the compute, all the systems that navigate it are all automated. They're all robots, uh, and they all get some mistake, and they all jump off, and they've got a life of their own. And it's a very, it's like two or three, a handful of people basically that are traveling on this maiden voyage, and everything else is robots. And at one point, they've got like a bomb. It's time to go off. It's like a talking bomb, and it's counting down. It's like 42, 41, and you can talk to it, and you can distract it. And it's like, oh, hang on, I forgot my count. Oh, well, I'll start again. 1,999, <laughs> Oh, what were you saying about such and such? Oh, well, look, I was saying such and such. Oh, damn, you've made me forget my count again. I'll start from 1,000. It's that, it it's that sort of humor. It was, it was, it was originally a point-and-click adventure, um... I can't remember. It was originally written for one of the Apple computers as well. It's one of those games. It's actually well worth setting up an emulator to play because it's just such a classic. Seems all you know, kind of reminiscent of System Shock. Well, I, I mean, I do like Doug, Douglas Adams. The, the problem that I've got with Douglas Adams is the late Douglas Adams. Should I say he's he's now he's now dead? Um, is that he? You somehow feel that. 
he puts himself into his characters. Um, you don't really feel that they're distant from him. It's like all vari- variations of Douglas Adams. And that's the only problem I've got with Douglas Adams. I mean, he is brilliant, but that's the problem I have with him. I remember reading about Starship Titanic that they put so much, uh, the game anyway, that they put so much um, dialogue into it and they put so much word recognition to it. I just, I don't think it was anything particularly clever, just massive, massive libraries of, of both that um, the people said it was un- uncannily uh, touring-like to speak to the thing. It, it was very, it was very cleverly programmed for the time. It was, um, I mean, I think all of the responses were nothing more than a great big decision tree. But it was, it did have a massive um, vocabulary library for any game at the time, particularly considering the era of computers it was on. Yeah, think of the size of the storage it was on, and and all the responses and and recognition that they were able to fit on there. It was bloody funny though. Douglas Adams, just like Terry Pratchett, has a wonderful turn of phrase. I remember one of the, the best Douglas Adams um, phrases I have ever read, and I was in hysterics when I first read this. Um, it was, I think it was Dirt Gently, one of the Dirt Gently novels. The quote was something along the lines of, he died of an overdose of Porsche and brick wall. It's a very interesting way to say that you ran your car into a wall. Yeah, exactly. That's what you mean. That you just sort of double take and think, "Oh, that's good. That's really good." Okay, that was a conversation killer. Well, Douglas Adams, had a couple, Douglas Adams had a couple of um, games that he wrote. Oh, Clatu. Dude, you can't talk about pierogies and just leave the room. They're actually not that easy to make. It turns out. Well, I could have told you that. My family, my wife's family, spends a lot of time making their ravioli, and that's pretty similar. But yeah, yeah, it's the the dough is. I've never hand rolled pasta dough before. I, I now see why there are pasta presses in the world. <laughs> try uh, try making gnocchi sometime. I what is it? Just gnocchi. It's uh... oh oh the potato dumplings. Yeah, well, they're, they're not really dumplings. They're more like a little pasta ball, and you, you kind of roll them with a flick motion of your finger, and they, they curl up on you. Uh, Sounds like you need too much practice for that. I don't think I could get there. You get there by the end of the first batch. They're, they're not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be able to come back? Yeah, probably. You get an estimated time, because I might try and sneak a nap in before you come back. You, that's not that's cheating though. If you're gonna do the full 28 hours or whatever it is, uh, then you have to stay awake and be on for the entire 28 hours. Otherwise, you don't get credit for it. Then just, I already failed. I slept twice. Just uh, because you were on for the uh, first 12 hours, uh, Claw Two. But uh, before you leave, I've got a real New Zealand uh, question for you because on my bucket list is before I go to visit New Zealand. And the main reason for that is just seeing the, you know, just the incredible unaffected uh, areas. Well, first through, uh, you know, uh, Hercules, the legendary journeys, and uh, Xena, warrior princess, and, and now through the, uh, the uh, Jackson's production. So is that like... All of New Zealand, I mean, I'm sure it's got to be, everything I saw in Hercules, it's got to be the same waterfall from 10 different uh, angles. But is there, like, 
just three acres of untouched land in New Zealand that all the production companies use, or it, it is really the whole island like that? I'm glad you asked me today and not like three days ago because up until three days ago I hadn't actually left Wellington City uh, simply because work has been so so demanding. But um, on since we're on Christmas holidays, uh, I went up. Me and my girlfriend went up to, um, or my partner, I think, is the official immigration oh, term. Nope. Me and my partner went up and um, to this place called Waitomo. And and the whole it was a six hour drive, so we basically drove the length of the at least the northern island, so like the whole country. It's it's weird that the whole country is the size of you know like Pennsylvania, but but um or actually I think it's a couple of states, but the North Island probably Pennsylvania. So it's a six hour drive, gorgeous countryside, gorgeous area with with like these caverns and caves and this waterfall. It it's. It is exactly as you see in the movies and the TV shows, and I would say – I would hazard to say – and I'm not 100 percent sure because like this – I've only been up like one highway so far for six hours. But I would hazard to say the whole country is mostly as beautiful as you see on TV and in movies. It's, it's just like there are sometimes cities interrupting them, but there's a lot of just untouched nature. It's, it's phenomenal. Is this the same – Girlfriend that I met that uh, at, at Northeast Linux Fest with you? Yeah, cyanide cupcake. She is every bit as beautiful as that countryside. I must commend you uh, on her it, her personality as well as the way she looks. And my son was absolutely smitten with her as well. Well, yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, she's got that geek girl thing going on. I mean, when your girlfriend teaches robotics for fun, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's definitely a plus. Yeah, you can't go wrong there and uh, give someone cupcake my hello because I've met her before. Oh, wait, where – at what, 50? Uh, oh, wait, at um, – in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, uh, uh, Philly. Yeah, in Philly. Ah, couple I, years I, I keep forgetting – yeah, I, I keep forgetting about that trip for somehow. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm the guy you can't believe is pro Monsanto. Yes, yes. You're, you are still known as the guy we can't what? believe is pro Monsanto. I can't believe you're pro Monsanto. I can't believe anyone's Whiskey, pro Monsanto. Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot? Oh, very, very much. I mean, Monsanto uh, uh, gives me the ability to grow crops that I, ne- I, I never was able to before. So, yeah. And, and, and we'll be able to grow anything else. And, and uh, you know, I was just talking to my seed uh, representative yesterday, and he's maybe a little more anti-Monsanto than I am, but uh, you know, I told Claude too two years ago. You know, if I could get Monsanto to, to uh, provide me with Roundup ready tomatoes and cucumbers and corn, you know, sweet corn and all that, I I would be right there in the forefront. Because you see, always what I have is when Dad and I plant a garden. We'd be hoeing and all that and have it ready. It's all fifty. Yeah, I'm sorry, and and have it all all ready to go, and then Weedhorst would come, and we would be we'd be gone for two weeks, and everything would be overgrown with weeds and ruined. So uh, you know, yeah, if if Monsanto would give me vegetables, I would gladly plant them. First of all. Uh, vendor lock-in anyone, but second of all, I can't even believe that Monsanto is pro Monsanto. I, I just weeds not by Monsanto. There needs to be a movie where Monsanto get into the marijuana business. 
Oh, well, God, no. Well, since the day of the rope. This was just yesterday, you know, since I'm the farmer now, not my dad, I had to go on Monsanto's website and say, yes, if I buy, buy soybeans, I won't carry them over for seed myself, which, you know... Uh, Why the hell would any sane person agree to that? Because you can't grow them anyway. they got a Terminator gene spliced into them. No, no, it, it is like a... It, it's, it, I'm sorry, it's, it's like a proprietary software license. If you want to have software, you've got to agree you're not, you're not going to give copies to uh, all your friends. I mean, it, that's, it, it's, it, that's it, exactly it, the point. Insane. Yeah, exactly. Very good, sir. Yeah, I, I, I don't use that software for that reason. Yeah, I, I don't, but, I mean, this isn't even... I mean, yeah, we can see obvious parallels with, with software licensing, but these are seeds, man. Well, no, you know, no, 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 I, no. I can, it's not just that they're seeds, it's food. You're going to put this in your body and incorporate it into your body. It's going to become part of you. And this thing's been gene spliced. You have no idea what could possibly happen. I mean, have, have we not read enough horrific doomsday sci-fi about this yet to, to, to heed the warnings? No, it, that's because it is just sci-fi, Poke, because... We, you know, we've had cell phones were just sci-fi at one point. We, no, no, we, we have had so nukes. We, we have had deadly crops come out of just hybridization in this in the past uh, in the 20th century. Uh, you know, they they they've had crops that were just hybrids from naturally uh, crop fifty volume crops. control, dude. I'm sorry. There, there have been crops just from uh, naturally cro- uh, combining species of the same plant or variations of the same plant that have come out to be actually deadly to humans. So it's like saying, oh, this gene splicing and this artificial stuff, uh, you know, we've, we've got to be afraid of it. No, nat- natural methods that have been in place no, no, th- nobody, th- nobody th- said to be afraid th- of it. It's creepy as hell. It's not that for me. It's the fact that there is no such generic thing as GM foods or, or natural seeds or whatever. It's each crop is different. And the problem that I personally have with it is that there's no... Um, that Monsanto are desperate to make money out of this. So they're happy to provide their own studies to, to speed this onto the market. There's no there's no control over it. Um, I, I fully I understand the, the reasoning behind GM food. I get that. I totally get that. And I think some GM food is fine as long as it's, it's actually tested properly and fully tested so that it's safe. I get that. I don't trust Monsanto to do that. I trust Monsanto to go after the money, which means they want it on the market ASAP. Tested or not, they want to claim it's tested and they want to get it passed. That's where I have the problem. Um, And, you know, personally, I think GM stuff should be labelled as GM. And people like me can look at that label and say, GM, sod that, I'm not buying that. I'll buy something that's not GM. Yeah, it should have to be on the label, absolutely. Well... Actually, legally, we have to here anyway. Um, but 
Yeah, that's the that's the thing though. Monsanto have been have been lobbying the various governments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, this is... th- so that they don't have to label it as GM. Yeah, so yeah. Well, so that, I mean that's not that's not the problem it's GM. Yeah, but that I mean that is not the problem. GM GM foods in and of themselves are not an issue as long as they are thoroughly each strain is thoroughly tested and they are only being modified for positive benefit. The problem with Monsanto is their business practices and especially in relation to farming methods are utterly amoral and disgusting. They how can you possibly tell a farmer not to keep any seed and not to replant it? How can you how can you possibly tell them not to do that? It's it's insane. It's utterly insane. No, as as a farmer I wanna to speak to that because yeah, when uh in when you're planting a wheat variety that was uh, you know created or enhanced with taxpayer money through university, I'm completely with you. You know, taxpayer money created this, and you're trying to tell us that uh, a company is going to patent it. No. But... Oh, but this, when, this when, is the when, thing, 50. It is, a, it is a living biological process. It should not be patentable, regardless of how it was constructed. It should not be patentable. A, well, it's, any it's pat- living pat- biological process should not be patentable. Well, there's that, and there's the fact that being up front as well. Was one of the things that pissed me off about Monsanto was when they were delivering aid to um, countries that that had no harvest, that were really badly in need of food and grain and whatever. They would deliver that aid through with the American flag on it, the stars and stripes on it. It would be Monsanto stuff, and it would be delivered to countries in Africa to plant them, and it would be GM, but it wouldn't be marked as GM. And of course, the EU doesn't allow GM foods, so that when those farmers planted those seeds, they couldn't sell to the EU. They couldn't sell to anywhere other than America. And America said, well, stuff you guys, you can't, there's no competition. We can afford to pay you peanuts because there's no competition. So we'll give you peanuts for your your crop. Um, If you don't want that, well, where are you going to take it? The EU won't take it because they won't accept GM. It's the fact that Monsanto are not being upfront about it. They don't want anyone to know it's GM and they don't, you know, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. That's what pisses me off about Monsanto. And the fact that after a piece of land has farmed uh, GM crops for, I think it's something like two or three seasons or something like that, before it can be accepted that they're growing natural crops again. Uh, and then they can be accepted back into the, the EU or other markets that don't accept non-GM food. That's what annoys me, is the, the underhanded nature of Monsanto's stuff, um, not the fact that they're GM. Well, no, I, I agree with you there, uh, Thistleweb. Uh, you know, uh, some of their practices in, like, India and places with farmers is, you know, say, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, triple your production, and then they find out there's no place they can sell their crops. Uh, you know, I, I'm not good with that. It kind of reminds me, oh, well, we, we, we had these films when I was in college, and they'd bag on, uh, I think it was Nestle, 
and uh, not. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if it was intentional with Nestle or not, but they, you know, there was there was this thing about going into, you know, the uh, third world markets and saying, uh, you know, buy buy our formula mix because it's better than breast milk, and they and then the women couldn't afford the formula mix. So they would, you know, they they would cut it a lot more with water. That thought was this this magic thing, and they, you know, they would put way more water in it. Than Nestle would say, and feed it to their babies, and the babies would starve. So it, it, it it's not uh, Monsanto's thing in countries other than the United States. I would say is not. Unlike that kind of program, uh, but like I said, in the United States, I so I consider Monsanto a partner, and and uh, like I said, they, they give me the availability to raise crops that I would not be competitive with otherwise, but only on their terms. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It is vendor lock-in. They're creating vendor lock-in, and they're not being upfront about it. Um, well, I would say that they are because, uh, like I said, my Monsanto representative came to me just yesterday, and we went online and said, "Well, you know, your dad signed the thing. You're not your dad. You you got to go through this thing." And it, it is very, very much like a software license. And my advice, fifty, is next time a Monsanto representative appears anywhere near your house. You take out your gun. Well, you know, your livelihood doesn't uh, depend on Monsanto. Uh, uh, yours shouldn't. Honestly, I, I do I do get the appeal. I really do get the appeal of GM foods. I mean, natural crops. Or, um, organic food tastes amazing. It tastes absolutely amazing. However, for the farmers producing it, it's low yield. It's... Um, yeah, it's very expensive to produce. There's a lot of wastage through uh, due to insects and lots of other things. When you add pesticides into it to create that, it doesn't taste as good. But the the yield is much better. The wastage is less. And I get, I get the fact that GM is genetically modified, is designed specifically to produce a higher yield. So I get that. Um, it's just a Honestly, I think it really it needs more than a commercial um, study from the company that benefits from it. And the company, Monsanto, saying, oh, our yield's brilliant, our, our crops are brilliant, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, whatever. I don't think that's necessary. I think that needs a third party. It needs independent verification that they are actually genuinely fine for human consumption. And that's that. That's my main issue with GM, is the fact that Monsanto are providing the, the evidence that they're fine for the food chain and people are just accepting it. Well, I mean, there are things that come even beyond Monsanto. If we if we uh, if we talk about wheat varieties, and there is a popular podcaster out there who has, uh, you know, uh, compared me or said I am 
a as a farmer a uh, drug dealer because uh, you know I, I am I am taking the variety you're offering me the modern dwarf wheat varieties when I first started harvesting wheat wheat was probably almost twice as tall and the combines at the time were were designed uh, uh, for that wheat, and it was, you know, the old Russian varieties, turkey wheat, and, uh, oh, I'm trying, eagle, eagle, always plant eagle, and then the, uh, dwarf varieties came, and, uh, dwarf varieties put more, uh, resources into the grain, and less into the stock, and they were shorter, and, and this person said, and he, he following a doctor, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure I buy the doctor's stuff, uh, but but saying, you know, well, you want these varieties, uh, you know, they're less nutritional output, and that's why everybody has these uh, gluten allergies now, and, uh, you know, you guys are... Five. You know, Four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! To regions of Brazil, Argentina, including Buenos Aires, Santiago, Asuncion, and Paramaribo. Well done, Sound Chaser. Yeah, you almost didn't sound white and pasty at all. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Like, you can actually see that well, huh? Time. See, this this is why... This is why Pegwell needs his own podcast. He doesn't say much, but when he does, it really punches. So you want a podcast where Pegwell doesn't say much? <laughs> no, no, he'll just he'll it's just he'll make it like a twenty minute episode once every couple of months. It's called Dev Random. Yeah, I was gonna say that. He has his own podcast. It's the one we don't name. Mm. It's the Cthulhu of Oddcast, if you will. The, it's, a, it's a Harry Potter thing. It's a, he he shall shall not be named. It's the podcast that shall not be named. The Lord Voldemort of podcasts, if you will. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.